Criterion creeps are coming with Jared and RJ from Renoir to Kurosawa and everything along the way. Highbrow, lowbrow, they won't stop until the This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection, one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're getting these hands. We are what? Getting these hands. What about hands, Jared? As we watch Spine 314 in the Criterion Collection, Robert Bresson's A Pickpocket from 1959. But first... Ooh. RJ. Yeah. It's November, baby. Is it? Yep. What does that mean? I don't know. For some noir vember, but that's oh. for the real the real Sam Sanchez's of the world out there. I, I just uh you know what I, I was, mean. I do know what you mean. The Duncan types. I um nah, I'm, I'm a Sanchez I'm a Jan Noir airy kind of guy. You just have to be different, eh? Just gotta be different. Unique. Yeah. I saw a uh, co-worker post something today uh, called November, a reminder to say no to things, people, and places that steal your joy. Are you going to participate in November this uh, this month or? Okay, I, th- <laughs> I thought this was like a, a yes? I thought this was going to turn to like a consent awareness month. Oh, <laughs> bless you! <laughs> What's going on over there, buddy? <laughs> is that a, is that like a fast food uh, napkin you've got? <laughs> Are you sneezing it's, out like sesame seeds from a bun? It's something I got. It's something. You know what, Jerry? I was gonna tell you, but I'm gonna say no. November. I'm gonna say no to uh, answering uh, these personal questions. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that? I don't know. Are you okay though? You're not. I I think so. <laughs> I, if I like, so you want to hear uh, my my uh, tale from a couple days ago? Tales of Halloween is that where you were going? Post this is post Halloween. I don't. Okay. I, I have no idea what happened, but um, okay. I I guess that maybe maybe yeah. maybe watching movies in a sedentary fashion for uh-huh. hours and days mm-hmm. on end might not be great for your back. Might. You you gotta mix it up a little bit, man. You gotta like, uh, if you can, you know, do some squats while you're watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Get get spooky with some squats. Get spooky with some squats, mm-hmm. and uh, well, how else are you gonna spook and squat? You know what I mean. I guess. You so what? There. What did you fuck up your back? Or oh what? boy. Oh man, it was it was bad. I don't know. I I was like, is this gonna be my life? <laughs> am, am I gonna have to like lay on my stomach forever? And did you? No. It, oh. it, but, you know, took some leaves, took, uh, I don't know, four or five hours. <laughs> lay, well, laying. I thought you were going to say you took four or five leaves. I was going to say, buddy, no. you got to take it no. easy. No. Your uh, yeah, liver are, I, I, gonna... I think those are uh, one every 12 hours. But, but yeah, no, uh, Monday, Monday uh, right around uh, going into work, put on the shoes and just felt something 
off. And it's like, whoa, what the hell's that? I'm like, oh, I'll walk it off. <laughs> but and did, no, you weren't able to walk I it was off? not walking it off. Uh, things like I need to turn the, the taps on the sink so I can run water to wash my hands is agony. It's painful. Yeah, it was not good for uh, for about a half a day. And I was uh, I was a little concerned. I was like, hope well, we'll see what tomorrow is like. But even by the uh, the end of the night, by the end of the night, it was much much better. I have no idea what I did. No, maybe other than just like slouching about and I mean, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, my back's gonna sore. Find a different position, and then ah, mm-hmm. oh, my my back's getting sore. Better find a different position. So I don't know. You know what I think it was? Uh, I've been leading a, a, a series of a group prayer for your well-being. Oh. Uh, it, At it mass? Starts, uh, well, it's it's a mass in the general term. There's a mass of people. Okay. But um, a lot of people are concerned about you and uh, not for you, but about you. So um, we've been really trying to throw uh, some of the Lord's work uh, your way and um, <laughs> end it. Oh, I see. Maybe they were like that was like the back pain was happening because it was like it was it was because the driving force to like drive me to end it. Well, I I mean the fine detail. I'm not going to micromanage you. You figure out those details on your own. You 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 people are sick. Well, I mean that's just like your opinion, man. I the only other thing I could think of was I I had a pretty mighty strong sneeze. That mm-hmm. I felt in my back, and I'm wondering, it's like, was it so forceful that I threw my a muscle out just for a little bit? Was something I don't know. I am, I mean, I am, I am a doctor, so oh, it's just it's just difficult to uh, figure these things out on your own body. I think by that sense too, though, like a, a sneeze strong enough, if it's throwing out your back, you better be careful because the next sneeze you it could, could be prolapse. The, it, could, it could be the it could be the my last. It could be your last. You could prolapse into death. Uh oh. And uh, you know, we all know what that's like. <laughs> prolapse into death. Well, I'm pretty sure you're not going to live after that happens. <laughs> into death's waiting arms. I mean, you might live, but would it be living? You know what I mean? <laughs> Can you call this living? Would you truly be alive? Well, I don't know. How about, how, how's your back, RJ? My back's quite fine. Good. Quite fine. Although it's uh, hurting from chasing neighborhood kids. Chasing? Scoundrels. Well, I didn't chase were anyone. You, were you bonking kids' heads this, I, this I, uh, week? I wish I could have. We had uh, a couple days before Halloween. There was a, I think it was the weekend before. There was a group of boys. They, <laughs> they like rang our doorbell and like it was like 10 a.m. on a Sunday. And I was like, hmm. So like I went and I looked out the window and I saw them hiding behind my car. My car on the street, they were hiding behind it. They're they're like 10 years old. Like, they're stupid little kids. So I, like, knocked on the window. And I was like, hey. And then they ran away. But uh, Andrea saw in the, our community Facebook page that uh, these boys were going around getting anyone who didn't have one of those uh, ring doorbells that has, like, the cameras in it. They were organized, Jarrett. That's what I'm saying. Organized. Uh, is, is, this a, is this a TikTok thing? Uh, maybe. A lot of things are TikTok things that are yeah, like pretty poo, bad. Poo dollars. Oh, poo dollar. Yeah. And then, Jarrett, uh, some kids stole our lawn decorations from Halloween. Wow. What? What is? What is happening to yeah, society? Things are, it's, things, things it's, are, it's breaking down. 
it's breaking down. It, we were good until like eight o'clock, and it was really cold, so there wasn't a lot of kids out, anyways. But uh, I uh, I went outside quick to check, and uh, some of the lawn ornaments were gone, and I went okay. So I just turned the light off. I said, I guess that's it for the night. Mm-hmm. They stole our they stole our stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> you just wait uh, a couple years from now. There's a there's a movie that we reference when we talk about this type of thing. What's what kind of movie is that? With uh, Dustin Hoffman. Tootsie. Tootsie. You're you're, oh, you're, you're, you're going to get. You tootsied. think I'm going to get straw dogged? Ah, uh, tootsied. I'm getting tootsied. Yeah. Can you describe what getting tootsied would be? Would be? Um, I don't know. You'll be forced to wear women's clothing. Is that what Tootsie's okay. about? It's been a while since I've seen Tootsie. Uh, I mean, I think he does it so he can get a job, right? Right. So that's what's going to happen. I'm going to have to dress like a uh, a lady to get a job? Yes. Okay, that's fine. It's better than getting straw dogs, let me tell you that. <sighs> it's not bad. It's a little bit better. A little it's bit a, better. It's a living. It's a living. What about, you get what a, about Marathon Man? Like getting Marathon Man? Yeah. I think getting marathon manned would be that like you have diarrhea forever, and uh, a, a Nazi does dentistry on you. Yeah, it's happening at the same time. That's pretty bad. When else would it happen though? You know what I mean. <laughs> what, what dentist are you going to? Is that not how all <laughs> dentists work? Um, hmm. up and over. So, how'd you spend Halloween? Did you uh, did you go trick or treating? I did not, RJ. You didn't? No. Nope. Why not? Hit, hit out in the basement in the dark. Uh, crippling myself. Like a ghoul? <laughs> exactly like a ghoul. You know, people think we called that ghoul school because of the movies we watch, but it's actually <laughs> us. We're teaching people how to be ghouls and hide in your basement. And... It turns out we are the real monsters. <laughs> They've been saying it for years. It's just no one ever listened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You want to huh. hear? You want to hear from... Our dear listeners who've had to contend with hours long of us well, talking about horror. Back to brass tacks of emails and food talk and mm-hmm. sometimes Criterion films. Samurais, maybe? Mm, I'm, all, I'm on board with everything except for the sometimes Criterion films. Well, right now I've got, uh, I've got this week's movie playing as we talk, so we have uh, 75 minutes to kill. Then I'll be hey. I'll be finally ready to talk. You're at least you you got a, a 76 minutes on me before I'll finish. Okay. Because I haven't quite started it yet. I was gonna wait Ooh. for you to get to the emails right. before right. I hit play. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get that going. So RJ, we got yeah. six emails. It's not ten. And first up, we have an email from Renee. Rene is in French like a man, or Rene is in French like a woman. Uh, the the later. A female. A female. You didn't even see. You, you fucked up, buddy. You didn't ask. Females. No. Well, I didn't know. You didn't give me any openings. Yeah. Ever. Okay. All right. Well. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. Rene wrote us an email. This actually is from like the fourteenth. Because of the schedule, it's been sitting in wait. And this okay. is an email entitled L'Eclise Antioni, etc. Oh. oh, dear. Hi, guys. 
I loved your episode 237, Likelies. You guys ripped it in the exact way it needed tearing up. In these persistent pandemic days, my go-to pastime is to watch a Criterion film and then listen to all the podcasts I can. So I tend to listen to you guys and the Criterion Cast podcast. In their podcast on Likelies, two of them loved it and one shredded it. The Criterion collection is so holy among fans, and I'm one but still maintain my sanity in the face of a film fail that I appreciated mm. your calling out all that was so lacking in Lackley's. I'll keep this short, but my real annoyance with Antioni is how his Monica mm. Vitti seems to be permanently be squirming out of a kiss that she'll ultimately take about an hour later. You guys said you might mm. ban Antioni films and <laughs> even reference not watching Red Desert, but the Lackley's podcast was seven months ago, so I don't know if you actually stuck to it. That said, Red Desert was so dry that I wish you'd cover it. I think you two would probably have some hilarious shit to say. Also, note, in view of the mad woman in La Note and mm-hmm. Monica Vitti as the Red Desert lady, I think Antioni just really wanted to make it with mad women in the same way Fellini, at least eight, eight and a half, was wanting to make it with the Serengina of his childhood. Take mm-hmm. care and thank you for your podcast. Rene? Damn. Well, it's good to hear from uh, French Rene out there, Rene from France. I, I'm assuming, right? You can you can assume all you want. I think I think they're from France. Yep. So Rene from France. For when they were talking about Laclise, for a second I was like, we never watched a movie <laughs> called Laclise. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is she? What the hell is she talking about? And then I just looked. I was like, oh, it's like in the bottom thirty of my list. I was like, that's why I don't remember whatever this fucking movie is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Remember there's, right. there's like the stock market? Remember that in the middle? Oh, and that guy's super aggressive. Yeah, that's, hey, welcome to welcome to the Italian cinema. The cinema. Um, yeah, it took me a second to figure out what uh, they were talking about. But uh, I mean, the sentiment holds true with what they said. People hold it in too high regard. It's true. Much like. They're not all good. These movies, Jarrett. <laughs> much with much of the, the the fine collection, John's yeah. collection. Yeah, not not a whole lot to. Uh, I mean, there's some good stuff in here. Sure, like Tanner '88. We're still talking about it. It's, it's been a year For, since Tanner '88. Pretty close. Damn, I just threw that out as a joke. I but... think we're like a maybe a week away from the one year anniversary of Tanner '88. Yep. Man, it's something to be celebrated. People have... I still get comments. Do you know why? Because it was... Because we watched it a few days after the presidential election. I see. Interesting. Interesting. And who won that? (laughs) Uh... Uh, no comment. No comment. No comment? Okay. I don't don't, don't even want to make a joke about it because... No. 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 Interesting. I don't want to acknowledge reality, RJ. I just want to. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, 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 I want to be delusional, just like some are. You know, there's people that gathered down in Texas uh, like a couple days ago, thinking John Kennedy Jr. was back. He was, he was back from the dead. He never because he never died, but he's been in uh-huh. hiding since 1999, so he could run with Donald Trump in 2024. There's people who think this apparently. Spectacular. There's t-shirts. There's t-shirts. Oh. Well, people think a lot of things, Jarrett, and I don't know if you know this. People uh, gather uh, for a lot of reasons. They do. Many of them, n- not good. Many. 
many of them. Not good. But anyways, um, so did we have we banned Anton Antonioni? <laughs> well, there hasn't been a movie since then. Uh, so the band's held up. It's held up. Yeah. When is Red Desert? I don't know. Like a year, I don't two know. years. I don't know. I'm worried. Four years. What, what's the, the worst thing is I I own that on Blu-ray. What, Red Desert. Yeah, I think I I'm pretty sure I bought that. I almost I almost bought that movie when I was still buying movies because it was I can't I think it was talked about as um uh movies that dazzle they're dazzling for your eyes and I was like ooh I like movies that dazzle I'm into this uh but not the case uh Spine five twenty two uh maybe so that'd be like what, two years from now when do we watch Hasu I, I don't know I didn't look up Hasu I only looked up uh. Look it up. Red Desert. I think it's like in the 500s. Hasu? How do you spell Hasu? Wow. H-A-U-S-U. House? Uh, House. Uh, Hasu. Okay, I got Hasu up here. Uh, Criterion Channel. Movie Hasu. Uh, 539. So after. After. Goddamn. Is that important? I don't know. I I, uh, wanted to... I was thinking about rewatching it, but I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to be watching this in what? Three years? years. Ah, it can wait. Yeah, but the special features include uh, Video Appreciation by director Ty West on Hasu, Jarrett. Video Appreciation by director Ty West. Director of Cabin Fever 2? Yes. Yes. They don't credit him here for that. They credit him for House of the Devil. Yeah, uh, of course they do. Yeah, but... um, Because they're cowards. Also, I'm just noticing in the description of Criterion says an episode of Scooby Doo directed by Mario Bava. Is that what Hausu is? Is it a Scooby Doo <clears throat> episode? Uh, it's just Criterion being dumb. Uh, okay. See, I've never seen it. I would like to watch it too, but well, I guess three years, can't. three years or something from now. When the when the Antonioni God longer uh, than that lifted, oh, we'll watch it. We're a long ways away. Five twenty-two. That yeah, that's like at least three years, right? Yeah, it's a ways away. Um. So, yes, thank you, first-time Renee Ryder. Yes. Next up is OG Oliver Granger. Holy shit. The email titled, Dead Don't Die. Hi, creeps. Finally catching up with Ghoul School. Dead Don't Die was mentioned. Def a skip, like you guys said. One thing that cracks me up, it hit Netflix here and was in top 10 trending. So many people would have seen the cast and poster, not knowing that what they were going into. Would love to see how disappointed they all were. It's like, I'm oh, sure. Oh, Mary Granger wants to just get in there and just taste those tears, those tears of sadness. Well, hey, tears I saw, of something. Hey, uh, Oliver, I noticed you gave this movie three stars on Netflix. What's up with that? That's not that high for him. It's right in the middle. It's it's a, that's decent. Maybe a time it's just worn on. It's like, wait a minute, that movie mm-hmm. was. T- Maybe it's like, oh, that movie was terrible. It's like, that that it was. That it was. Hmm. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Me. Me, Jared. You. I say it's it stinks. Oh. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, uh, next, Sam Sanchez. Was that all Oliver Granger? That's, like, that's it. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> It's like he he doesn't call, he doesn't write, he doesn't yeah. he he's not here anymore. When he does write in, it's like two words. Like he didn't even tell us what kind of stuff he was getting up to. Spooky stuff that is. No. I don't know, man. Spooky. It's his life to live. Okay. Sam Sanchez writes with no yeah. subject. 
Hello, guys. Hello, boys. So now Creeptober has come and gone, and Dunkachino there can go back and not watch movies. Me, I'll probably have some Creeptober spill off into November, but also mix in my noir Vember viewing. See? I know this guy. Listening to the Google Schools, Jarrett mentioned going through 2000s movies. He was revisiting stuff like Cabin Fever and Wolf Creek, and I was actually doing the same thing, but mostly just prepping a list for either Creeptober next year or sometime before that. Just felt like movies from the late 90s through the 2000s like Wrong Turn, Identity, Stir of Echoes, Vacancy, Feast, Silent Hill, etc. could use some revisiting as it's been at least 15 years on each probably. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see how these movies have aged into into themselves. I'm sure they have aged. Well, I I think... uh, Who was it? Someone watched Joyride. Was it uh, um... Sam 2? That could have been Sam too, yeah. yeah. Joy Joyride's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, but that's one of those. That's one of those types of movies that it's like, hey, how, how does this hold up now? These these are old movies now. That's true. I I'd like you to watch it just to see if it's worth watch revisiting, so that I know, or if it's better to leave in memory. Right. That uh, in my mind, in my mind, Joyride is awesome, and I'd like it to stay that way. I'll keep it short today. As you're reading this, I'm likely catching up with the French Dispatch, and I might get a little denebriated this weekend and finally check out Dune. Join me. Uh, I won't, but uh, I did have a coworker go see it. Yeah. I was talking to him, and I was like, what did you do this weekend? And they're like, oh, I went to a movie. I was like, oh, yeah, which, what was that? And they're like, Dune? They're like, I, I never heard of Dune before. Okay. And- and I was like, all right. And I was like, what would you think? And she was like, uh, it was good. She was like, when we were leaving the theater, though, uh, a lot of people are saying it was the worst movie they've ever seen. My sister messaged me because yeah. she went to it. And I uh-huh. don't know. Like, I I know she doesn't know what Dune is, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband might have read it. And so she, that, that might have been the reason why she went. Yeah. Uh, but she was like, it, I saw, like, yeah, saw it. It was boring and awful. That's high praise. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't mean I don't know. It doesn't mean much to me because I don't really know where she's at with a lot of movies. But she doesn't go to the theater very often. But this seemed to be the one. It's like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go mm-hmm. into public into a theater with a bunch of strangers and watch this movie I don't know anything about. And I'm gonna leave and go. That was boring and awful. Say boring. I mean, that is what people do though, right? I don't know what they're... I don't know. A lot of people commit to that lifestyle. Well, let's go check it out. I don't know what it's about, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll go have a look. Are you going to wait for it to be on uh, Crave? I don't know. I haven't decided. What do you mean you don't know? Are, are you going to brave the movie theater, Jared? I don't know. Jared. <laughs> what? I'm going to make you come too, buddy. How could you? <laughs> I already have someone breathing down my neck to go see Dune. I'll yeah. tell you what I told but, them. But, but did they, do you do a movie podcast with them? Yeah. Oh. It's called um, the um, Criterion uh, Croons. We're a couple of old docs who uh, watch some of those uh, funny shows. And you see it like crooners? Like the whole podcast? Well, I mean like croon, like, uh, or crone. That's what I meant. Like Criterion Crones. Oh, like old crone, you know, like uh, from Dragon Ball Z. Do you remember the old crone? Not really. Or from Dragon Ball? No. 
Well, it's, it's like you weren't even paying attention when you read Dragon Ball manga. I, I, I don't remember that. I remember. I you remember, don't remember the old crone? I know. From DBZ? Yeah. Ah, Jared, old crone, Dragon Ball. You could, you're going to see you this. Could, and you, you're could, gonna... you could have just typed DBZ there, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah, but she's in Dragon Ball, not in DBZ. Oh, okay. You so see I, I, mean? I don't remember that at all then. Yeah, and when you see this, you're going to go, this doesn't mean anything to me. And I'll go, yeah, I know, but you should with, know the old with, crone. Will I, though? Uh, I mean, you might. I'm sending you a link to the Google image oh, search. Oh, man. So there's many. Oh. She had like a, a bubble that she flew around on. Am I gonna Do you get, remember? Am I going to get hacked? Oh, okay. That character. I didn't think of they had like a fortune teller Baba. Yeah, they call her the old crone, though. Okay. Well, that's not her name. That's mean. Well, that's what they call her. That's so cruel. Well, I mean, I didn't do it. They did. Yeah. What were we talking about? You want to hear from George Holschneider? Oh, yeah. Uh, George Holschneider? Really? With an email titled, The 30%. This is this is breaking my mind. I haven't, we haven't heard from George Holschneider in a long time. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the grind after a busy Creeptober. I must admit, I'm part of the 30% that tunes out during ghoul school, so I'm glad you're back to the normal schedule. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can make it till 10 emails once more, so here is me juking the stats. Ooh. Other than that, I only want to mention that the channel has added some earlier movies by Ruben Ostland. I think I've mentioned him before, but his sense of uh, uneasiness is really great. One can start with the short that's on there. If you, would, if you like it, I would give Play a hard recommend. Ooh. Hard. Did he uh, capitalize nope. that word, or he did not. that's you putting emphasis yes. on it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pass just because of Jarrett's reading of that. So <laughs> sorry, George. Have a good one. Have a good one. Yeah. Is he, is he threatening us? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's nice to hear. Jarrett, George Halschmeier. I thought he, I thought he left. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought he was gone. He's on, he's on that letterbox. I see him logging those movies. Is it all in Lithuanian? Um, no. No? I mean, there's some, <laughs> there's some films, some non-North uh, American films that uh, he's watching over there. Potentially Lithuanian, perhaps? I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. You want to hear from Sam Loveland? Slam? Love Machine? Let's see what kind of garbage he's into this week. With an email entitled, Los Angeles. Garbage. Hey, creeps. <laughs> it's been a little while. So much has happened since my last email. In <laughs> fact, an entire month has passed. How are things? I'll be honest. I haven't finished any of the ghoul schools from this past month. Although yeah. I've been able to knock out chunks of them on my various commutes. I remember RJ on the last ghoul school talking about being unsure if he was going to be handing out candy or not. Yeah. And yeah. RJ? We had a, a bucket system set up. So uh, on the front step, we had like a sign that said treats in a bucket. And then I would just put like, um, like a couple handfuls in there at a time. And every like half an hour, I'd go check and top her off if it needed any it worked well until people stole the uh the sign the treat sign that we had uh so that people could see we had candy um and then that's when we uh pulled a pin on it so that's what we did this year that's yeah. what we did yeah 
There's always someone that ruins it all for everybody else. Because they stole our sign? Yeah, yeah. I was. I would have handed out candy for a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. they kind of ruined it for everyone. Damn. But but it was uh it was really cold in Creepsville. It was like minus twenty Celsius on Halloween. Well, ah uh, yeah, probably at nighttime it was right. It got super cold. Yeah, I don't think people are. They're not used to it. And no. It's, and and it's on the Lord's day. <laughs> yes. 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 So uh, I, I just bring that up to say that there weren't a lot of uh, a lot of kiddos out there trick or treating. It was uh, it was pretty cold. It's pretty cold. Hmm. Cowards. That's what. I well, say. I mean, potentially, there were there were enough. Uh, we almost ran or we were almost ran out of candy. So there was enough there. They, they left enough for you. Yeah. Well, I had already eaten like half of it before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of I was kind. Halloween was kind of like, let's get it all out the door so that uh, I can be done here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you buy a box for yourself since you weren't trick-or-treating? I did not. Hmm. If you did, what kind of box would you buy? Like, you know, all the sampler boxes? like Yeah, that's like kind of the go-to these days. But which one? Because there's different. There's like... There's the peanut one that's like Reese's and O. Henry's and... All the nut-based bars. There's uh, the candy ones good. that are like Swedish berries, right. fuzzy peaches, the, ma- the Maynards. Maynards. The Maynards one. Uh, Skittles isn't in there, but that, the that Maynards not, one. Yeah, Skittles has its own. There's the uh, um, the Kit Kat one that's like Kit Kat, Coffee Crisp, yep. and uh, Arrow. Arrow and Smarties. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's a couple other ones in there okay. too. Um, but which which one would you have gotten? I always they're... go for the peanut one myself. If if others hadn't already uh, uh, supported me with these, if I had to go out yeah. of my way and buy one, yeah, uh, I don't know. Those peanut ones sound pretty good. I can I can never say no to Reese's peanut butter cup. It's got the peanut. Well, they they actually they shrink flated the peanut butter cups yeah, a little bit, so it's bit, but the uh, bits are they Reese's yeah. pieces like now or not Reese's pieces but like the tiny little yeah they're the tiny nub- cups yeah. which they they don't hit quite the same you they gotta don't. eat like four of them at the same well time. what you really need oh yeah you need you're talking about the king size oh yeah yeah, yeah. the king size cups. no what you need to get is the hockey puck that they oh, sell at uh I've, I've gotten that the, before was it a pound two pounds yeah, I, I like back in my uh, fighting days when I was a little bit uh, a <laughs> little looser, had a little bit more pop. I got one of those things and it put me down. Yeah, like I think I ate like a quarter of it and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> the chocolate. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, you know. Yeah. Well, you got two kidneys. Live a little. Uh, I don't know if I have any. I might be one of those guys born without. You know how there's guys like that walking around <laughs> not, in uh, Creepsville? Not really. Yeah, you, they I thought they, you knew, they usually have one. I thought you knew of at least one person who was born with a... Uh, one. Oh, he, he's got one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'd have a hard time with none. Well, I mean, you could... <laughs> cool, tell me more. <laughs> you, all you need is a dialysis machine. Uh, and yes. You don't need any yeah. Baby's first dialysis machine. And you, and you support that forever. Well, for a while. Yeah. You could probably become the you owner go, of your own business. You'll, you'll, you'll get a good good run with, yeah. with, with none. It's um, it's possible. It's possible. I think we, I think we can make this happen. No. Oh. 
Sam continues, Yeah, I'm happy to report that this past weekend I was able to hand out candy for, I think, the first time in my life, since this Ooh. is the first time I've been A, old enough to not trick or treat, B, lived in a proper house in a residential area and not in a small apartment, and C, not in the midst of COVID lockdown protocols, although at the risk of getting political, I think we probably should still be in a full lockdown and not in these confusing half measures. I feel you, Sam. Well, I mean, there you go. You should come up to Creepsville, see what we're working with here. <laughs> oh, our premier's drunk all all day, apparently, or something. Like, I don't know. There's allegations of alcohol use. Um, the, the Alberta way, the Alberta advantage. <laughs> it's a it's a frat house. What? It is currently. Yeah. What? A little bit of sexual harassment here or there. You know, for the boys, they're just trying to crack cold ones. And hey, if they see a girl that they want to talk to, they just want to treat her like one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. They're they're saying, listen, we're really supporting equality here. This is how we talk to the boys. As they look at the camera and wink. The boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so he handed out candy, <laughs> hey? And it and that's at risk of getting political, RJ. Oh, is it not okay to hand out candy? No. It's not. It's oh, no, it's fine. No, oh, fuck it. Who? Fuck it. This year, Sam when? continues, uh-huh. was special also because Halloween fell on a Sunday, which means we had something called Utah Halloween. Ooh. Yeah, because of the what strong religious presence in Utah. Mm-hmm. Whenever Halloween falls on a Sunday, many people will go trick or treating on Saturday night instead. Were you aware, Jay? That's what was going down in um, uh, one of the some of the small towns around Creepsville. He uh, for the exact or, same reason. Yeah, I mean, we don't have it as heavy as um, as say the Utah folk, but uh, we have enough enough of that we, up we've, here. Where we've got pockets of little Utah. Yep, we do have pockets. I I had heard um, grumblings of that, especially like you know lame parents that were like. We should do it on Saturday because Sunday's a school night. And it's like, don't be lame, you lame wad. Um, but I didn't see any kids out on Saturday. Not in my neighborhood at well, least. You don't, you like, you, no, well, you don't live in you don't live in the places where that was like the, the no. mandated. Oh, well, no. I, I, I just I know there were people talking about it. Like there's a community not too far south of Creepsville that was considering it. I don't know if they did it or not. Though. Well, they, they did. Did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then one of the other towns was like, fuck you. Hmm. Believe that. Believe uh, that. Which town said fuck you? <laughs> Nobleford. <laughs> oh, Nobleford? Yeah, Nobleford plays by their own rules. They, yeah. don't fuck, they don't fuck around with anything. No. They say there's 10 people that live in this town. We're going to do whatever the fuck we feel like. Yeah. You can go to the go to the temple or sure. and go check out the King Kong hand. <laughs> With, with on the temple? Well, it's in the town. With what's There's... her name? Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? You don't know about King the... Kong hand? Yeah. The, the, what's her name? The actress. She's from there. From Cardston. The actress from King Kong is yes. from Cardston? Like from like 1930. Yeah. Yeah. You did not Fa- talk the, about you, this. What? You, never, what the, you, don't, you don't know about the Faye Ray King Kong fountain? Buddy boy? No, RJ. I've never heard of this. I've never oh. heard of this in my entire life. Jeez, but... Oh. And... Ah, I man. I mean, we had a King Con episode. It would have been the time to discuss this. And there's a, uh, there's a little fountain, and there's like a there's a. <laughs> what's that here? I gotta send this to you. 
<laughs> and there's uh, a kink. I don't know. I've I've never actually seen this, but I know it's there. There's some uh, revelry. I think it's more of like a cutout, and there's a fountain. What's that here? Okay. He'll see, He'll see it. There we go. Roadside. Uh, I've seen this fountain before. For sure, but I didn't know it's that. Met- so, yeah, so it's it's a metal cutout that incorporates a tiny fay and a big King Kong. Okay, I've seen I have seen these things before, but I had no idea that they were uh, related to King Kong. I had this is, this is blowing my mind, Jerry. Yeah. You just were like, "Hey, there's a metal stencil sign of King Kong, a giant gorilla." For some reason, I, could... I mean, I've there's crazier shit at the parks we go to. Like this park beside me, it's just got like <laughs> corpses all over the place, and it's oh. like, ah, it's just the parks on the west side. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's I I just thought it was I thought it was just a picture of a gorilla. Like I was like, I don't know, they like gorillas here. Yeah, who's to say? I like gorillas too myself. No. Yeah, Faye Damn. From, like, you know, she lived here, like, probably 1900. So do you think she was Mormon? Probably, yeah. And, but she was okay with the King Kong movie? Uh, Yeah. She left, it, right? I, I mean, I guess, yeah. I don't know. She could have just been a, a farm girl who went. Yeah, she was born in 1907. Uh, it's not that old. I've met older. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at that. Me? Ray was born on a ranch near Cardston to parents who were members of the LDS church. Alvina okay. Margaret Jones from Salt Lake City and Joseph Heber Ray from Kingston-upon-Hall, England. Some of that sounds made up, but okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah. Uh, her family returned to the United States a few years earlier after she was born, so she barely even lived here. Uh, they moved to Salt Lake City in 1912 and moved to Lark, Utah in 1914. And in 1919, the Ray family returned to Salt Lake City and then relocated to Hollywood, where Faye attended ha- Hollywood High School. Hollywood High? No. Nope. Sounds like a good movie, Hollywood High. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would uh? Who do you think would be the principal at Hollywood High if it was like a movie, like a teen comedy movie? Uh, well, I would always just cast John Lovitz. I I was uh I was about to say I was yeah. like I think John Lovitz would be a good one. Mm-hmm. He fits for most he, things. He's got experience. Yeah, he does. Few people have experience like that. Like the only other one I would say would maybe be. Uh. Dolly Parton's? Maybe. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Sam continues. Being yeah. in Salt Lake City, where most people aren't LDS, it's kind of a weird no man's land when this happens. Some people go on Saturday, and some people still go on Sunday. Since I wasn't home Sunday night, I handed out candy, wearing masks, of course, on Sunday. Nice. Nice. I wonder how many kiddos he got. You got to keep track. The older you get, the more important to, more important it is to keep track of how many trick or treaters you get. Because you know what, you're going to go into work the next day, and people are going to go, "How many kids you get?" And if you give them an answer, like, "I don't know, I didn't keep count," they'll go, "What do you mean? What do you mean you didn't keep count? <laughs> Got to know how many kids went to your house. <laughs> Got to know the uh, 
the trends in the neighborhoods. <laughs> the demo. What town you, do you live you, on? You gotta know the demos. What what neighborhood? One guy was telling me that uh, his dad, who lives in the uplands, Jared, frequently gets around four hundred kids. That's crazy. That's nuts, right? Yeah. That's what I said. I said four hundred. I said, "Are you shitting me, brah?" That's a job. <laughs> it's like, a job. You might as well not even sit down. No, I think I think for cases like that, you you get a chair, you sit out on the deck, and when the kids come, you just pop them over at them, you yeah. bonk them at them. Jeez, because yeah, if kids start at six and they say finish up by eight thirty, I mean... well, the year before COVID, I when I was handing out ca- uh, candy, uh, we had seventy. I think is the highest we've ever got yeah, at I this remember, place. I think I remember you saying that. We averaged around fifty to seventy, depending on the weather. Depending. Yeah, uh, that's about uh, geez, yeah, every thirty seconds that would be a a yeah. trick or treater. But obviously they come in clusters. Would, uh, yeah, help balance that out a bit. True. I wonder what kind of candy Sam Loveland gave out. Didn't say cake, cake pops. Do you think? Anyways, that aside, yeah. earlier in October, I had the chance to visit Los Angeles, a city I'd never been before. It was a lot of fun. I caught some movies at the New Beverly, saw the Walk of Fame, and even visited the house from Brian De Palma's body double. What are your Ooh. favorite L.A. movies, aside from obvious ones, like Heat? Heat is uh, my answer. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at movie. What about what was that movie we just watched with the homeless guy? Uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Can I say that? Uh, yeah, it's your favorite that you couldn't remember the title of. You love it. I also like um, Born in East L.A. That's a pretty good show. You know, Cheech Marin? Mm-hmm. Is that Cheech Marin? That is, right? Oh, come on. How did I... Okay, one sec. I got, I got, I'm got. going to get this figured out. Because I was using the Los Angeles tag. And... Uh, Battle LA, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of Under the Silver Lake. So, highest rated movies I've got for Los Angeles movies. So, Pulp Fiction, which is yeah. kind of like in and around. Her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Blade Runner in the 2049. In the, in the future. The future. Uh, Memento, kind yeah. of. Kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Mall Holland Drive. Mall Holland Drive. Yeah, a lot of the P.T. Anderson stuff, uh, L.A. boy stuff. What about Volcano? <laughs> uh, it's not. A, it's really not on my list. Okay. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown's pretty good. Terminator 2. What about Get Shorty? It's pretty good. Get Shorty's pretty good. No. What else you got in there? Oh, there's like I've there's like four pages. Just all the Wes Anderson stuff. Four pages. Yeah. Do you got City of Angels in there? Nope. Why not? Because I've never seen it. You never seen City of Angels? Nope. Have you ever seen that scene with Nicolas Cage uh, grabbing like grapefruit or whatever it is? Have you ever seen that? Uh, nope. Yeah. You should look it up later. It's just a scene of him grabbing grapefruits for like, I don't know, 45 seconds, which doesn't seem like that long of a time. But That's a movie, really long time. 45 seconds is a long time to be grabbing grapefruits, let me tell you. Barton Fink, long goodbye, good stuff. What about Hail Caesar? I know you're a big Hail Caesar guy. <laughs> Am I? Hey, what about Shia LaBeouf biopic, Honey Boy? That takes place in L.A. 
Mm. And what about Jonah Hill biopic mid nineties? That takes place in LA. How about Freeway starring Keith or Sutherland? That's a Keith or Sutherland biopic. As as discussed on Ghoul School one yes. week ago. Or yeah. Cobra starring Sylvester Stallone. Cobra's pretty good. Is Big Trouble in Little China, is that L.A. or is that New York? Uh, Yeah, I think that's... Is LA. it Little China, L.A.? Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. It's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. I've only seen it once. Big Trouble in Little China? No. I remember being like, this is good. It's John Carpenter. And yeah, then it is. Ch- it's Okay. Yeah, sure. Did you have the nice guys on your list? Nope. <laughs> you liked that movie, though, didn't you? How about Hollow Man? <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> the, the best. What about Dave Franco biopic, The Disaster Artist? That's For, a L.A.-based film. It is, and it's, and it's a good show. A, yeah. a good A24 movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Watch, like, Joe Dirt. It's an L.A.-based film, allegedly. Lastly, oh, yeah. I saw Jarrett watch The Empty Man. As all I'll say... Was there was a really good interview with the director of that movie, David Pryor, on a podcast called Extended Clip. Thanks for your time and have a good show. Sam, Slam, Love Machine, Loveland. Tim, he's the guy? No. He's the guy? Well, Sam, uh, I happened to look at your email before we were recording this afternoon. And I was like, huh, I've got time to throw this, this podcast on with David Pryor. And so I actually have listened to it. Who's David Pryor? The director of The Empty Man. Which What's I could t- The Empty Man? It's a movie. <laughs> oh. I, I'll, I, I haven't I'll, seen it. I can talk about it later. <laughs> okay. That's fine. That works. Finally, RJ. Oh, it, it, would, it wouldn't be a mailbag without Justin Peterson. Female? It'd be like, is there a hole in this bag? It seems a little light. I think that's uh, that's a question only you would ask. You say, how many holes are mm-hmm. in this bag? Yeah. Just think Individual about, holes. Think about the whole content people have been missing out on, missing ghoul school. I, I do feel bad for the people who don't miss into the ghoul schools because of all of the whole whole content we've been talking about lately. And if you're like, what What did they mean whole? <laughs> you're going to have to tune in to find out. Find out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think the whenever we talked about samurai movies last, I think there was you were trying to force it and I was like, "No, RJ, you got you got to save that for the where it belongs." For the ghoul schools. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a giveaway for with a movie soon and I'll uh, I'll say name all of the movies we do a whole joke in in the two ghoul school ghoul schools this year. Yeah. So some people might have to re-listen. Oh no. And, and, then, and then waste another and then, eight hours they, of their life, and then they just won't enter, and then they'll they'll be better off for it. Yeah, because whatever your prize is, like it's cheaper for me to just buy it than to go but back and Peeping listen. Tom wasn't. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. You you gave that movie away to to some guy. Well, he he follows the podcast on the internet. I think on Instagram, allegedly. Allegedly, remember? Allegedly. He, remember he was supposed to post that he got it. I do. I even asked him about it. I said, hey. Yeah. Did you get that movie or what? Life happens, RJ. Yeah, Life happens. Justin Peterson with an email entitled Troll School. What's what's going on here? Troll School. Hey, Jared and RJ. What's happening? Welcome back. But I can't say I give a shit about that blah pickpocket movie. Wow. Just Justin Peterson coming out swinging here. Yes. 
I listened to all eight plus hours of Ghoul School and not oh, a God. word on Saint Maud. What gives? Your Catholic guilt will be extra ashamed of you, RJ. I uh, I had it as a potential. I just never got around to it. I just never got around to it. I remember people were um like not like we're pretty warm or like mild on it. They're like, eh, it's fine. So I, I didn't feel like I had to rush out to check it out. You know. Well, you're aware I've seen it, right? Uh, no. Did you get to that yet? I watched it. <laughs> I, no, but I mean, like, did you talk about well, it? Well, what, what happened was we were going so long on part one, and I and I lost track uh, of where we left off. It was around when you, you kept saying it. you kept talking about watching uh, uh, Psycho Gorman, and then you, you didn't do that either until I did after. watch Psycho. I Gorman. know, yeah, but it wasn't in time. RJ, in time for what? To talk about it on Ghoul School proper. Now they're going to get it for free. Still uh, on this week. So, wow. Well, yeah. What the fuck. So That's anyway, fine. yeah, I mean, I could talk about St. Maud, I guess, still. Okay. We'll, we'll get after this email. Don't you worry, Justin. Mm-hmm. You can hear me talk about a fine film, a fine film from our friends at A24. What did you rate it? About, about uh, uh, Catholic shit. <laughs> I love what did you, I love it. What did you rate it? Oh, he's got a little goat emoticon. That's so cute. Goat movie question uh, of the week. I like that. Uh huh. What movies feature the worst examples of film fans inserting annoying and unnecessary political commentary? Recently on the Unspooled podcast, they were going on and on about the Blair Witch Project being misogynistic toward Heather. But these were the same people mm. that felt the need to make Leatherface a sympathetic character. I don't really know what's going on right now. I, I what are we talking about? What movies feature the worst examples of film fans? Oh, like taking out more... Inserting... Okay, inserting annoying and unnecessary political commentary. Gotcha. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, I okay, haven't, so I haven't seen it yet, but I know... Like they said, I, the new Candyman fits into that realm a lot. I haven't seen it yet, though, but that's what I've heard. Well, that's, but this is about film fans, so I'm assuming oh. it's podcasters, not films. Uh, I don't know. I don't listen to podcasts, so yes, this, no... this, this is true. Um, so there is like a, and I've I've gone up and down on this with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How there's a mm-hmm. lot of emphasis. It's about Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> it's about Vietnam. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, sure. <laughs> Like I don't know. There's there's things like you, you agree with that. You mean no, or no? I mean it all depends on when I watch it. It depends mm-hmm. on my mood. Same thing with um, Nightmare on Elm Street two, which which oh uh, yeah that, yeah that, that, that movie is like I don't know if that's uh, political, but there's like a lot of like the 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 gay subtext that yeah. some people one hundred percent claim is there. There's been times I've watched it. And I was like, I don't, I think that gets way overblown. Yeah. But then I think the last time I watched it, it was definitely a little bit more there a little bit. And so I don't know. It was like a little gayer. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it was a little, little gayer. A little gayer. A little, a little I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's, it's overblown a little bit, but it's definitely there. And like when we, when I watched like that nightmare documentary or whatever and that actor is like he's like 
I don't know what there's the an entire doc, there's an makers. entire documentary about him. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So and like the know. actor himself, he's like, I don't know what the writers are saying. He's like, I just know that I was gay and I was playing it gay. So it's like, so it's there on my end at least, if right. anyone's wondering. So it's like if he said that, I'm inclined to take him for his word. But, but, the, but then the director's like, no, <laughs> it's like okay. But again, our, our, uh, the whatever the artist says or whatever the director says, what an actor says. It's all just there. You can you can say yeah. whatever you want. But this is th- this new movie I'm promoting might be the most personal movie I've ever done. It's definitely the most ambitious. <laughs> Things like that, Jared. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. I think it happens a lot with horror movies. Yeah. But. Mm. What about like Fight Club? What about Scarface? And film <laughs> film fan talks about those films. Politically? Are we just talking? Are we just talking about people who like the movies? You no. think? Or? I think we're t- we're talking about uh, inserting <laughs> of interpretations. Oh, well, you know what they say about opinions, man. I I mean I guess like it depends on uh, talking about whether or not Leatherface is a sympathetic character. It depends on which uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie we're talking about. Four. Oof. Is he sympathetic in four? He often is, I think. Like, yeah. there's there's times where we're kind of like, uh, yeah, this is like a horrible like murder machine, but he whines, and you're like, kind of like, oh, what's his deal? It's you go, oh, he's sad. It's not just snarling, conniving. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, this this poor brute. Hmm. But interesting. I don't know. There, it definitely as the series progresses, I think you can rewatch these movies and be like, oh, like, after you get past the initial viewing, uh, you can make yeah. an, you can make an argument. You can make an argument for anything. Okay. No. I might make an argument for anything. You might. I might. I'm not going to, but I might. Yeah. I might. Yeah. But uh, sometimes there's a strive for uh, finding meaning in things that might not necessarily be there. Sometimes... Um, uh, a writer is like, I have to make a deadline, and I'm gonna, mm. I'm, I'm gonna make some stretches. Well, I mean, Jared, I'm gonna reach. Every... I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go that, over there. And go, yeah. I'm gonna draw this and go. Oh, come on! <laughs> Especially on the Twitter, people like those takes. Yeah. You know, takes sell. I don't know if uh, you know this, RJ. That's one thing that we're missing. We need, we need to like have more. Um, Oh, what's the uh, word I just saw for Disgrun- dis- disgruntled or gr- or uh, I guess like grievances? We need to air more grievances and start negative eat- encounters. Ah, uh, no, 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 okay. no. Okay, well, I was gonna say, you know, everyone's trying to find meaning in their life, Jared. So maybe that's what those people are going for. You know, maybe it's a more deep emotional thing. Maybe. Do you so? Do you want me to air some grievances? I saw a director tweet something yesterday, and I almost lost all respect. Hey, for them. Your, your buddy uh, Edgar Wright's new movie uh, really uh, shit the bed in the box office. Good. Uh, Fuck that guy. <laughs> I like loud about it. I'm like, oh, you're gonna be so happy that like this movie that uh-huh. I mean. He, like Baby Driver was pretty well received, and he was like his follow up, uh-huh. and nobody cared. Like there's no like, but this is like there's like that movie that also came out, Antlers. It's like what the yep. fuck? Like that? Like I didn't even think that. I thought that movie was, had come out like maybe two was, years like, ago. Yeah, like I don't know what this movie is. I saw yeah. this ad campaign. It looks extremely generic. It looks like yeah. every single uh, ad campaign for a horror movie now. I've never seen mm-hmm. a trailer for it. So clearly, this was dumped. 
And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's Halloween. People go see antlers. It's like, well, unless they think it's about reindeer. <laughs> that's yeah, a Christmas I mean, movie. that too. I don't know. I, I know that's dumb, but I had no idea what this was. And then uh, I saw someone log it. I went, what's this? 2021. And then I mm-hmm. found out a few days later, this movie's in theater and no one went to it. And, but like it made it like the same amount as an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, Scott Cooper is a good director too. He's not as prolific as Edgar Wright, I would say. So like, no, God, no. But I would definitely go see Antlers over uh, Last Night in Soho. 100%. I don't even know anything about Antlers, but I'd definitely go see it over that one. My point, though, here, more so, is uh, I think the theater experience as it exists, uh, as we still are going through a pandemic, is people are going to pick and choose what they go see. And what they're going to want to see are big movies. And I think a kind of movie about 1960s Britain might be mm-hmm. like I'll see that on I'll see that at home. I'll see that streaming. I'm not going to pay money beyond what I already pay for my monthly subscriptions to see this in theater because there's like nothing that screams see this in theater. And so except and, for the so Edgar Antler, Wright tryhards. Oh, well, they they barely came out either apparently or there's not that many of them. Uh, None left. Maybe or, he's uh, alienated all his fans online. Well, it's a weird thing cuz Nick Scott Pilgrim wasn't like it was kind of a flop too. It was a little bit, and um, uh, and then because what did he do? Was it Baby Driver after that? No, there was some. some no, between. he did another. He did after Scott Pilgrim. He did that. Uh, the World's End. Oh, was that after? Okay. Yeah, and then there was. Didn't he have another movie in between, or did it go The World's End and then Baby Driver? Well, I mean, Baby Driver was a pretty. Uh, it, it it made some decent coin. And, yeah, it did. Uh, and now we're back to square one, and even less so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people are going to go. They're going to see those uh, venoms. They're going to go see those the venom. They're, they're going. They're going to go see Dune. Yeah, and uh, they'll see those. They'll see those. Uh, I, d- I mean, I did we'll, see like. We'll, I'm, I'm really curious to see uh, how Eternals does because I don't know if you've been following the the uh, which is like I saw that trailer and I yeah. went, oh, I don't think this is what people are going to want at all in this You're... stuff like at this point um yeah. it's like oh so it's like this, i don't know what this means for um marvel well they're just going to go harder they're they're going to buckle yeah. they're going to double down on what they know was successful and not like yeah. this will be the mistake probably <laughs> who knows it'll probably still make a hundred million it'll make dollars. a lot of money uh maybe but it's already got a rotten score doesn't it yeah i think it's i think it is the lowest rated yeah. uh critical marvel movie ever at this point and that's yeah. including I mean, Hulk. This that yep. Ed, Ed, Edward Norton Hulk count in that? That's pretty, yeah, it does. That's, that's a, a good show. Though. That's astonishing, considering it's like, oh, this director just won best yeah. director like a year, yeah. like this but year. No, nobody cares about that shit, though. Remember, like, remember when they announced it? We talked about it on the podcast, and I said I don't give a fuck about the Eternals. Like, yeah. like, and even as much as like I don't care that much about Marvel movies, I'll still watch some of them. There's some that I'm still interested in. Like, I still like that stuff like if they make some new x-men stuff i'd be like yeah i'm gonna check this out but like eternals i was like i don't give a fuck about this i don't care <laughs> i think they were just rolling the dice they're like nobody cared i think james gunn was like talking about he's like no one cared about guardians either it was supposed to be marvel swap but it turned out okay so i think they're just like trying and seeing right yeah well I, yeah i don't know yeah it, it's it, like try and see see what happens and uh yeah We'll see. What, may- we'll see what happens. We'll see what the what the audience decide. I did see that a producer like this movie hasn't even opened yet. I saw like a couple days. A like, producer went like something like 
it was on IGN and it was like quote it was like <laughs> a, an eternal sequel isn't uh, necessary right now or something like that <laughs> or isn't an absolute absolute necessity so it's like are they i was like are they downplaying this right now before they even fucking release this hey, i'm gonna find it i'm gonna send remember it to remember the inhumans movie that became a tv show yeah yeah it was and then as a tv show it was like people were like this fucking sucks and it's like yeah nobody wants an inhumans movie nobody wants an inhumans tv show and, well we're gonna get an eternals movie which is like yeah it's like these there's a reason why there's these ideas of you know these Jack Kirby things that mm-hmm. there's the ones that people have ca- that have caught on, but then there's these things that are like, yeah, no, you know, people aren't that big into Inhumans. They're not that big into Eternals. I mean, they got big casts, lots of p- potential merchandise because there's lots of characters, but yeah, people never really cared about them in the first place. Mm. Now, no, the, the, well, the, exactly. I, mean, I think the potential big money is Fantastic Four, really. Yeah, which I think I think that's like. Contrary I mean, to the fact that like Fox has uh, done such a poor job of doing it, yeah. I feel like there like there is nothing more Disney to me than Fantastic Four as a concept. Yeah, the first family. Uh, it's based. I mean, The Incredibles is essentially just Fantastic Four. Yep. And uh, well, I mean, I think they that's did what it. I think that's what they're trying to do with all this eternal shit. Like, I think they're trying to set up cosmic cosmic stuff and then like on a homegrown like they're trying to set up x-men and fantastic four right like i think they're just trying to set all these all these things to open the door for it where it's just like even though they don't they don't have to do anything they just say mutants exist now and then people in the marvel who watch marvel movies would be like okay hey you want me to finish this uh email from justin peterson (laughs) holy shit yeah 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 finish her up foodie question of the week are you fans of dq yeah, Dairy Queen's awesome, but it's a little their, expensive. Their food sucks, but the ice cream oh, no. is great. How do you take your Blizzard health bar and Butterfinger for me? <laughs> or sorry, Heath bar. I was fucking Heath, Heath, bar? Heath bar is not a thing that. Uh, yeah, we don't have my, my mild dyslexia options. just reads right over it. Yeah, we don't I, have either of those options in Canada. I don't think so. I mean, we have Butterfingers, but I don't know if that's a not as a Blizzard. Not though. as a Blizzard. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, Dairy Queen food is pretty bad. I don't know. I don't mind it. Have you eaten a burger from them lately? Uh, I don't know. Probably like a year ago. Okay. I, I like flamethrowers. Like, is it kind of a trash burger? Yeah. Oh, but uh, there's no seasoning in those patties. No, but I, I like the flamethrower sauce. Yeah, that's pretty. So I, I mean, at one point, one point, I was a big fan of those uh those chili dogs, but. Oh, why? Yeah, those are You're, good. You, you getting chili dogs over at Dairy Queen? Oh yeah, buddy. You you dirty dog. <laughs> but and yeah, and of course, yeah, ice cream is amazing. Yeah. So Blizz- how do you take your Blizzard? What uh, I'll take a look at. It's been a while since I've hit up the the Blizzard, but if I do, uh, it's kind of like whatever is like what's on special. Give it a try. I think there's last time I went, it was like red velvet cake. Uh, yeah, that might have just been like a Blizzard of the Month. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's this Blizzard of the Month. Yeah, but yeah, like you know, I go decadent. I'll go like you know, double fudge brownie or whatever it's called. Ah, damn. I want that. I want. I want chocolate all the way through. But they always fuck it up. They only put a little bit enough. Being like eating it, you're like, wait a minute. There's there's this vanilla ice cream at the bottom of this. It hasn't transformed properly. Hmm. I think I big gooey uh, brownie chunks in there. Oh, so good. 
I I think I know what you mean. Yeah. I and, don't I don't fuck around with any of that shit. I just get Oreo blizzards because uh, I know yeah. it's good. Oreo is yeah. If they put enough Oreo in there, and that, they put and that, enough in there. Well, the problem is, is the bigger it gets, the the less uh, even the uh, the. Uh, that, that's always it's always a potential you know sometimes i uh, fuck around and i get a peanut buster parfait over a blizzard <sighs> once in a while i do that it's not a bad you know like a little hot fudge sundae hmm. but then the, the 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 king of kings ice cream cake yeah, yeah, but they're they're shrinkflating that too. Like before the ice cream cake, you know that good fudge crust. The yeah, you mean the okay, yeah, yeah, RJ. Uh, anyone yeah. who has eaten a Dairy Queen ice cream cake knows the fudge layer. Yeah, but it used to be like a considerable fudge crust, and now it's like barely, barely even like it's barely even a foreskin, Jerry. Like there's nothing oh, there. A, a barely a what? I, I said it's barely like what's a that? What's that, Jared? It's barely a potato skin. No, it's like a, it's like you know, like some weird people eat like seaweed, like dry seaweed, and it's... that's what that fudge crust is now on Dairy Queen cakes, or whatever you described it as. A sliver, just a sliver, a sliver. RJ's over here talking about foreskins. What the? Hell? I wasn't. What is, I think what, you. Were... What is happening here? I think you misheard me, yeah. friend. What are you... I think you misheard me, friendo. <laughs> Game talk. Well, yeah. the wife has tasked me with tracking down a PS5 for Christmas. Oh, that's don't don't ask the world of this man. You he, he can't do it. He can't, he can't listen, do it. He can't listen to this podcast and find a PS5. No, there's no time for both of those things. It's one or the other. And so far, that has proven to be an impossible task. Can you think of any popular game system or games you struggled to get a hold of or maybe even waited in line for? Thanks for the time, gents. Cheers. Mm. I think there was a Fire Emblem game that uh, I had to not wait in line, but there was a there was a considerable wait for it. I got lucky. And the guy, I, well, the guy told me, he's like, you're lucky, man. He was like, this is the last one. I was like, okay. Honestly, cool. you know, my advice, I don't know I don't know what the landscape of um eBay is at this point. It's not good. Yeah. But I mean, that'd be the just get get it online, pay that markup, get it out of the way, and then you're then it's guaranteed. The sooner the better cuz supply chain RJ, it's not gonna, it's not going to get easier. I I don't think I sent this to you, but I um Friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, sent me a thing because him and I used to dabble in the uh, the game collecting. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm looking on what? eBay right now. Oh, oh. yeah! It's, it's, oh my it's god, this is brutal. This is the market. People are okay. So I'm looking in Canadian dollars. Okay, Canadian. Uh, let's look at here. What's the lowest with shipping? Okay, that's that's a bidding. Uh, was this a box? They're selling for a hundred dollars. Chargers. Oh, what is this one? Looks bizarre. What is this? The Edition console only with power cable. HDMI needs repair. Ah, uh, good. That's that's only running a six hundred. What's retail just, on it? What's what's, two, what's two the retail years. on it? It's like five hundred bucks. Oh man. Okay, these are kind of a gouge. Just just wait two years and when the when the supplies back up and buy one then. The I price. can say that because I don't care about it. Jeez. And it's like, just wait. So the cheapest one, well, of course, everyone's got the same idea. Man, 16 bids, 700 bucks Canadian. 
mm. which is oh, this is actually a Canadian. It's not worth too. it. There's not there's not that many games out from, for it. This is this is coming from Grand Prairie though. Mm, that doesn't help Did me at all. Chips to Canada, United States from Akofunguba. Akofunguba, he's one get, of your buds. Guess what their rating is? Four. Six hundred and sixty-six. Is that good? It's the devil, baby. We well, probably shouldn't buy that then. Probably not, but some I mean, bad might happen. Yes, he's been tasked. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're going to have to make those phone calls. You're going to call up those Toys R Uses. Do those even exist in the states, or are those done? Or is it in Can- I mean, Canada? Uh, we still got them, but because they yeah. they hung them by a thread. I think they they're done in there. It yeah, could be. yeah, I got to do those like uh, eight in the morning. Swing by the Walmart, hit them up at the Walmart. Where? The Walmart. Okay. You know what I'm Where? saying? Walmart. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Walmart. I follow. Go I follow. Walmart. Going to Walmart. Going to Walmart. Yeah, I, I don't. I remember. Uh, I think I've had pretty good luck. Cause I've always bought game systems. If my parent now, my parents on the other hand, if, if they had to track me down an NES or a SNES back in the mm-hmm. day, I, I I wasn't party to that hunt. But um, usually, as a well, I do remember uh, when my friend Mitch. Really wanted a PlayStation so he could mm-hmm. play Final Fantasy VII. So he, he got his PlayStation and he got mm-hmm. his Final Fantasy, but memory cards were sold out everywhere. So he couldn't turn it off. Well, yeah, you'd have to keep just play and play and play. Yeah. Uh, no safe state. You just had to like start over again, like the olden times. Well, Ryan and uh, I had a friend uh, named Taylor. I've talked about him a few times. I don't know if I ever said his name, but he had a Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater, but he didn't have a memory card. So he left his PlayStation on for like seven months or something like that because he got a high score and he didn't want to he didn't want to he didn't want to lose it. Uh-huh. So it was just like it was just on always. You'd go over and it'd just be like running and like it was red hot. Like that thing <laughs> melted through the floor, I think. Yeah, that was its uh last stand just yeah it, then it burst into flames it, yeah, put, it was it, worth it though it put itself out of its misery yeah it was worth it though huh. i think so he just couldn't find a memory card didn't didn't, didn't Allegedly. scratch uh yeah i mean we were like 14 or something at the time he, yeah. he was probably his parents were probably like go buy it yourself he's like i don't have any money so i think he just didn't <laughs> just left it on but um thought, yeah those scalping things like ryan sent me something where is a some guy was trying to sell something on eBay and he got this email and it was such horseshit. It was this guy who was like, listen, I'm involved in this market with uh, selling these things. Your price is too low because you're going to devalue this uh, item. <laughs> it's like you should reconsider listing it at this price, which is more in line with what all the other sellers have it at. And like this person posted it because they're like, fuck this guy. He's like, I'm not going to do this. It's like it is what it is. Buy it or don't. I don't give a shit. No. It's ridiculous, Jared. <sighs> Crazy. I thought that. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because this has been what a year. Yeah. And I don't know if they, uh, if there ever has been a slowdown on the demand. Because like, are there are there games for it? Like, because I remember when it came out, there There's was a couple, there, there was there was there, there was no uh, you know killer app of a game that was mm-hmm. like, oh, everyone's gonna get it for this. And that was like kind of like what people were like, why are they buying it other than just to have it? But it's been a year. I'm sure there's like games now. But there are games, but not that many. Yeah, that's crazy. You know? Um yeah. <laughs> not that many, dude. Well, best of luck on the hunt, Justin. You have to let us know. Keep us posted. Mm-hmm. Via email. Almost and hopefully you're I mean, good walk, but don't get your your, 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 your hopefully your your boys aren't listening. 
and then we'll because uh, we'll spoil it for them. <laughs> I hope not. No, no kid, no, no one under eighteen should listen to this podcast. Yeah. And hey, which maybe, is probably maybe, le- the legal. And, and hey, maybe maybe if someone gets a finds a, a sweet angle, they can uh, let let them know on Letterbox in the in the comments. I was gonna say, not not on here. Make that make yeah, that. Wow, well, that the turnaround would be too slow. Oh, uh, you gotta come together as a community, RJ. As a what? As a community. Oh, okay, interesting. Not a foreskin. <clears throat> so it's Jarrett Duncan at uh, jdunk dot uh, com. Uh, you can send your hate mail uh, his way, and well, just know that he said it. You can also say love mail. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to get gross, you could say love mail. Love for sure. Mail. Love mail. Hey, RJ. Yeah. That's it for emails. Woo. What you been creeping on? Uh, movies? Yeah. I watched some movies. Do you want to hear about any movies I watched? No. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear about them anyways? Okay. I'll tell you about my mine will actually go pretty fast. I, I don't okay. there wasn't anything that like uh really blew any dicks off, so there's there's a couple that I can talk about. Damn. Well, I got one for you, Jared. You ever heard of Future Shock? I have not. I, I know. Did, did I, I I did notice you watched this, and you also reviewed it. And if I recall, without looking, I believe yep. your review went something like "future shit." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the most accurate way I could express my feelings. Uh, do you know why I watched this? No. The director uh, is Matt Reeves. Oh, uh, soon to be the Batman yeah, director. Are you going to go through his whole filmography? No, uh, there's actually not that much left to be honest. Like, yeah. so he wait, did all the. Wait, that means you have, to re- you have to rewatch them, though. You got pr- mm. to prime yourself. I mean, I could. The only thing I haven't seen of his, which I I feel like I've seen this, the pallbearer with uh, David Schwimmer. Oh, that's him. I'm pretty sure I've seen this. I oh. I want to mark well, it. Well, you got to rewatch it. Yeah, this sounds like an Andy pick if I ever saw one. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll add it to my watch list. I'll, I'll rewatch this. And then I have seen all of his films. Um, but that's why I watched this. I had seen this a while ago. Um, like, Well, just like on his list. And I was like, oh, this came before, like, Let the Right One In or Let Me In and Cloverfield and all that shit. So I was like, I'll check this out. There's a co-director here, though, so it's not quite him. But uh this is all about virtual reality, Jarrett. Very. That sounds very 1994. Yeah. There's a line in this. It goes, "Are you familiar with the term virtual reality?" Uh, so this movie, it's actually an anthology. It's um, it's like a like a psychologist who does like VR therapy for like his uh, patients, where it's like immersion therapy kind of, where um. One of them is like a lady who's like afraid of a home invader, so she like lives through a home invasion. One of them is like a guy who dies, but he doesn't know why he died, so he's like reliving his life. It's just like stuff like that. Uh, did, did, does this have anything to do with the the book Future Shock by Alvin Toffler? Is it about? Does it say it's about virtual reality? Um, well, it's from nineteen seventy. Um, <clears throat> he wrote it with. Uh, Alvin Toffler wrote it with his spouse, Adelaide Farrell, in which the authors define the term future shock as a certain psychological state of individuals and entire societies. The shortest definition for the term in the book is a personal perception of, quote, 
too much change in too short a period of time, unquote. The book, which became an international bestseller, has sold over 6 million copies and has been widely translated. Hmm. This book I remember seeing all over the place in, like, used bookstores. I mean, it could be. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, Anyways, it's not that good. It's not about virtual reality, this book. Well, I mean, it is, but it's kind of like, is it virtual reality or is it happening? And you're kind of like, eh. Um, it's okay, but it's uh, it's not something I would I would recommend to very many people, Jared. Okay. I'm just doing it, you know, for fun. Kind of like my next movie, Sex Files, Alien Erotica. Yeah. This was porn. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I mean. You didn't know. I know I said, I know I've said this before and I've said that like one time I threw on a movie like this and with Andrea and she's like this is just porno and I was like I didn't know it was porno she's like how did you not know I was like I know it says sex files alien erotica but I was like this could be an alien movie though like I didn't think it was flat out porn but this was flat out porn Uh, it's kind of like a pod people thing but um, the way that they passed it was through uh, intercourse um, and it reminded me of It Follows a lot. And I think that It Follows guy is a hack now because I think he stole all of his ideas from this movie. And I actually, like, this is genuinely kind of like It Follows. So, Is there a naked dude standing on a roof? Mm, it's not on a roof, but there's definitely a naked dude. So we got it's got that going for it. You know, um, so that's it for that one. See, I, I told you I could rattle these off quick. Uh, I watched five minutes of Kuso uh, from Klein <laughs> Modus, and I'm not lying. I turned it off at five minutes. I went no. This I is this just, is this is the Oliver pick. This was the Oliver pick, and uh, Oliver and Corpse were both uh, laughing at me for having logged this. <laughs> I don't know if they realized that I actually I didn't watch this movie, but I don't give a shit. I'm logging it because it's five minutes of my life that I did. I'm, I'm not getting back. You wanted to I demarcate did, it, you know. Yeah, I think you would log off at three minutes because that was when I first checked the time. <laughs> I, I went, all right, hold on. And I, I hit the the button. And it was at three minutes. And I went, ah. it, sounds, so I, it I, sounds like a challenge. Is this the Kuso challenge? This is the Kuso challenge. Take the I mean, plunge into shit. I, I mean, I think you would definitely be able to make it through. But like three minutes in, I was like, I'm incredibly not interested in this and then two minutes more passed and i went i absolutely don't care and i just turned it off i was like <laughs> uh, no i just just flat out no i was like mm-mm. 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 so i would be interested to know what you think but i don't know if this is something you'll save for next creeptober or is this if you're gonna a watch a movie or is this just a thing i don't know what this is yeah i don't know this, what this is. is i don't think this is really a horror movie yeah so you could watch this it's, anytime it's, yeah this is this is a nonsense movie from the sounds of it it is available on Shutter, nice. so you can check it out. Very good. Uh, unlike The Whisperer, which is a movie you <laughs> you made me watch, I, I, I suggested that you should uh-huh. check it out uh, right after we finished recording last week. Yeah, you're like you should check out The Whisperer <laughs> because because like, but why okay. but why why did I tell you? Uh, well, I actually well, I don't I don't remember what you said, but I I read the I, review that you liked, and I was like yes. Yes, yeah, so like this. But I said because there's a bit where I I burst out laughing. <laughs> oh, what? What? It, the head goes through the dark. <laughs> yeah, and you go no. <laughs> it's like that, that's just from like like spirit of Halloween. 
Yeah, it's so so bad. <laughs> but like the formula of these shorts, I thought that review oh, you liked yeah. made a lot of sense. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Like, yeah, it nails yeah. it. Yeah, to a T. But yeah, that that smile, the the what, S man. What is the review? The shit man. It was something like it's a the three act structure of short horrors is like person is scared and then person <laughs> thinks they hear something and investigates and there's nothing there and then the third one is person is calm enter cgi like bad guy and then it's like eh, the cut end. to black cut to black cut to black and it's like uh-huh <laughs> right enter bad cgi bad guy i should say yeah yeah here it is man oh, i love God. short horror films person is scared by noise person investigates noise to no avail creepy cgi man appears and that's every one of these shorts, pretty much. Yep. Some are done well. Some aren't. This one is not. This one is not. This one is not. So, yeah, that was shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, which is fine. Um, but so I, I have a few, but I know you have a lot. So is there anything that you want me to talk about? Um, or should I just save them for next week? Because well, I can't. Nah, whatever. We'll get, well, no, no one wants to talk about horror movies forever. So yeah. uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, I was surprised you actually liked this one more than me, I think. Because I thought this movie, I watched this a long time ago. And yeah. mine was like some crummy version online before it got restored yeah. uh, by Severin, I guess. And now that's probably the yeah. one that's available for streaming. I thought this was super boring because I was expecting some like real awesome uh, folk horror, and this yeah. was just like oh, it's just kind of folk folk horror. But the thing that I liked it, I just liked the the score in this thing and the music drops. And and like I put it in my review, but I was like, this reminded me of like a twenty four movies, like the way that the music and the score are used. I was like, I dig this. Like and not that I'm a huge a twenty four guy, I like a twenty four, but I was like, this is. I was like, this is funky. I like it. And I don't know. It was just like devil skin. Like, it was like, you she's see, on a uh, fur patch. You, you, you like, see Jared okay. Berger's uh, review of Lamb? Yeah, he did. But uh, did. There, there, was some, there was someone in there jerking off. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, you you and him should have went together because you've been uh, part uh, of like, well, I, I didn't mention it. It's like, yeah, old lady bird. People, uh-huh. getting, people getting blowjobs in A24 movies. Yeah. People jerking off. It's like, what's what's going on here? The worst I saw was that that John Lennon, Lennon uh, biopic with like Aaron Taylor Johnson or whatever, where he's like he's like sexing up ladies a lot, and there was this this guy beside us just like really putting down cheese dogs, but like in a in a weird way. It wasn't just that he was eating them. Like I'm not an absolute monster, was, but the way he was eating them, I was like, it's like this seems sexual, it's strange. But anyways. Yeah. So yeah, Blood and Santa Claus. Uh, I liked. I thought it was cool. That was cool. Good music drops. Mm-hmm. We got some Hereford cattle in there, which I always appreciate. It's a uh, Catholic horror in some way. Reminded me of Midsummer a little bit, but the better version of Midsummer. And then uh, any. Uh, what else? Uh, the birds. Uh, yeah, I've never seen the birds. Uh, but I was surprised at. Um, <laughs> I was surprised at like some of the shots where it's like like my review is like there's shots of like kids face down dying and it's just like birds pecking their heads and I was like, oh my god. I was like, this is this is the wildest shit I ever seen. Um Birds is fun and long. It's fun in a sense where it's kinda like it's like Hitch just really went for it on this one, you know? It's, it's uh it's it's his uh summer blockbuster. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think it serves 
serves its place for where it is. And Fuck, this movie, the movie's 119 minutes long. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's it's really long. That's what I remember mostly. Um, this I think this was also one of those movies that um, my my mom she actually for so, for very specific like the two movies that like she's like oh I watched them as a kid oh it's the birds it's my mom too actually. and Psycho. Uh, my mom was with the birds as well. Uh, she said the same thing. She's like, that movie was scary. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I just, I just never watched it. But And there you are chuckling about kids getting pecked on the head. <laughs> it was a stark image. But uh, I think for the first 40 minutes, I watched this with Andy. And she was like, where are the birds at? I was like, I don't know. I was like, good question. And she was kind of like, she's like, well, because she watches a bunch of the Hitchcock movies with me because she likes them too. And she's like, this first half seems a lot like his movies. And it's like, I feel like he just wanted to make a movie about people. <laughs> birds enter. And I was like, he yeah, was I think that's all it is. He was contractually obligated to deliver a bird's picture. Yeah. Enter birds. And then you go, okay. Mayhem. Yeah. So the birds is a... Uh, Birds has got some good stuff, but it's like gas you know, stations. Oh, that the 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 way that that scene plays out, where it's like, uh, what's her what's her nuts and her like, it's cutting <laughs> back to her and her face is always like a little bit off. It's it is like it's hilarious to see. It's crazy. So it's like it's when tipper, the, uh, Tippy Harden, Tippy her head, yeah, who's like, yeah, he who's uh, torturing. <laughs> That's um Dakota Johnson's grandma. You know Dakota Johnson from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what those are. Yeah. Sure. Sure. No. But uh, yeah, I mean the bird. The birds is cool. Like it. I like watching Hitch movies. I think bird. The birds is goofy. No. But uh, you know, it's it's what you ex- don't go into it not wanting goofy if you're gonna watch a movie called The Birds. You know. You know. What else you want to hear about? No Big one dog. gets out alive in in twenty hey. twenty one words or less. So this is uh you know our boy Adam Neville. Nope. He's the guy who did The Ritual. Okay. So I, I, I had no idea anyone directed The Ritual. I thought the, I thought Netflix did that. Oh, no. Um, No one directed it. He is the guy who wrote the book, The, the oh, Ritual. okay. And he is the one who wrote the book, No One Gets Out Alive. I'm just going to give you a single a single phrase here, Jarrett. Martyrs-esque. Ooh. But with more... Uh, there's actually... There's a monster in this that I think you would be real on board with. Real on. This movie's got kind of a turn, and that's what I mean by a uh, martyrs esque. Um, It'll go on the I, list then. Yeah, I think I think you should watch year. it just because um, uh, it's got some cool stuff in there. It, the first half of it is like you think it's about kind of one thing, and then it does kind of turn a little bit. But uh, hey, do you want to see some ghosts fighting? No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, this it's got a cool monster and I don't not to be a spoiler or anything like that, like, but uh, I think it's got something that I that you'll like in it. It's a uh, this is one that I think got dropped on Netflix and no one really cared about. But uh, I think it's worth a watch. OK. Mm-hmm. OK. So you want to hear about Jarrett pick the shout? Sure. What is the shout? Jared? <laughs> what is the shout? So the shout uh, is a movie uh, that I watched. Let me I'm going to look it up. When did I watch this movie? I've only ever seen it once. 2012. It was a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, a lot. That's a lot. It's like uh, we're going on a decade, RJ, since I've seen this uh, movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a couple of years ago. And I don't even remember how I heard about this movie at all. Yeah. But it's it's just it had this like fairly high reputation. And mm-hmm. again, like I had a I relied on watching like a copy I found online. 
the director is a, a man, uh, Jerzy uh, Skolomuszki, uh, a Polish, Polish director who has directed this and that. He's, he he was he 1938 he was born lots of different things but this has been described as a horror film and then he also directed a movie called deep end which is more of a thriller but this is kind of like in what's that well i said loosely loosely like a horror, horror adjacent loosely. Yeah. yeah uh so this has one of my favorite little subject matters in horror movies magicians? that is very rare. dark magicians oh, okay yeah yeah, so I, I was trying to think. I was like, why did Jared recommend this to me? And then I was like, magicians. Magicians. Dark, dark, dark magicians. Yeah. Sor- like, or sorcerers. Like sorcerers. In, in, in a real world setting yeah. where it's like, but you're like, kind of like, what's, are they actually doing anything? Yeah. Because uh, there's like the movie. It's the power uh, of influence. Yeah. So when I watched this movie, I was watching it on my laptop because I couldn't get it to play uh, on my PlayStation, I guess, at the time. So I was watching it on my laptop with headphones on. And let mm. me tell you, RJ, this movie is uh, quite the experience with headphones. I could imagine. Because uh, this, this whole movie is audio about based. audio. It's audio-based horror. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool, actually. So, like, I do like um, I do like the audio bits to that. Like, when it'll just, you'll see a scene and uh, it's them recording the, the sound. I like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, and this reminded me a lot of uh, Altered State, kind of. Yep. Like, it's not... They're not experimenting with like hallucinogenic drugs and yeah. stuff like that, but it's got a very similar feel, I thought. And uh, some may even say this movie is Straw Dogs esque. Well, that's that's the Alan Bates esque Susanna York. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I just mean that uh, you know a person who uh, invites themselves into your home mm-hmm. and uh, you know has their way with uh, your wife and your possessions. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, I mean that's yeah. what he does in this. Yeah, he uses his dark magic to get rid of uh, Will John Hurt. Yeah, and jo- then uh, he takes his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alan, yeah, yeah. Alan Bates, he's got some of that uh, that Oliver Reed energy. You're like, yeah, you're like he does, he does. He, yeah, he's uh, he's really interesting. This, and he is like, yeah, and you're like, what is this guy doing? That this yeah. man in this like black overcoat and just dark hair, and he's like lumbering about. Um, like I wasn't really too familiar with Alan Bates. I don't think before this movie. I don't think. I he's don't. In, he's in like I've only like a him. handful of things that I've ever seen too, though. Like he was in the Sum of All Fears, uh, Mel Gibson Hamlet, The Mothman Prophecies, and Gosford Park. That's about it. Gosford Park. Yeah, that's one of your favorite films, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, up there. <laughs> Great, great piece of Altman movie making. But yeah, so this is a movie like, so I'm trying to remember how it goes. Uh, John, John, John Hurt is a, he's a, he's kept, he's recording sounds of insects and other things like light bulbs and uh, sound. I think there's like, I think in the synopsis, it says he's a musician or musician or something. But in the movie, he says he's like an audiologist or something like that. Yeah. So, which is like, how many movies have this as their subject matter? Like at all? Like these ideas, you're like, huh, this is pretty, uh, I guess 1978, of course, that would be where you'd expect it. Yeah. So he's like, um, yeah, so he's like an audiologist and, uh. He or a musicologist, I don't know, it's something like that. And uh, he also plays like the organ at the church. And uh, this uh, Oliver Reed type guy sets himself up to cross paths with him. And then uh, this guy kind of invites himself over to their house. And uh, John Hurt 
comes in with his wife. She's like, how are you doing? He's like, yeah, there's a guy here. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's going to have lunch with us. And it's like, okay. So then he's there and he kind of makes himself at home there. You know, he's touching their laundry and going through their personables. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, there's just like an attraction that they're they're like, "Ah, well, let's let him stay. He seems okay. Even though like every interaction with him is like, oh, this is a weird dude. We don't (laughs) like him. But like they're like, ah, well, we'll we'll just let him stay. Now he's talking about the Aborigines. He's talking about the Aborigines and then like – he he catches John Hurt's attention because he talks about like how he is the he has like this booming voice basically and he's learned this trick from the Aborigines or whatever that he can he can shout so loud that it can mm-hmm. it'll kill people. Yep. And then uh, John Hurt's like, all right, let's see, let's let's <laughs> see, and uh, it's building up to it and like they actually don't give that much like. Uh, background into what's happening so like you kind of like you can kind of you're like i think i know what's going on but then they go out to the field and then it happens and you go oh <laughs> yeah you're like okay but it's a good scene because it's him yeah. he's like <gasps> he's like inhaling and he's like <laughs> screaming and it's like and john the, hurt and, passes and the, out and the sound of it too the effect yeah, of it's like really neat sound is good uh people pass out a whole field of sheep just fall over dead he's like ah and then he's he goes for a walk by the beach. He's like, I told you, I told you I had the shout. Um, oh, this movie's also actually it starts out as uh, the guy is in a like a home telling yeah. the story, and he's telling it to uh, Tim Curry. Yes. Um, so he's like telling the story, and then like he kind of goes on with the story about how. Basically, he's a dark magician and he moved into this house and he seduced the wife and he almost got rid of John Hurt. But uh, they they kind of play it off in the end a little bit and it kind of goes back to him at the home. And it's like, it's like, does he have the shout or is this guy crazy? Mm. And, the, and then uh, I mean, there's kind of, I think there's a definitive end to it. Like it says one way or the other, but I won't I won't spoil that one out there for, for you the guys. fans for the fans. But uh, the show's pretty good. It's got um, a t- the tagline of this film, RJ: "A film of intense perversity, the madness of the mind." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's uh, I don't think it's a an absolute slammer, but uh, it, it's got some good stuff in there. It's got that '70s grime that uh, we mm-hmm. we all know and love, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, show's not bad. Show's not bad. Show's not bad. You want to hear about blood games? <laughs> via youtube uh actually so yeah the copy on youtube is actually really good like it's pretty crisp so this is um a baseball a softball team of super babes and they they get they tour around and they go up to this like kind of redneck town and play these uh redneck perverts and they're really aggressive with them and the girls beat them real good and uh, the coach is like uh he's like let's get out of here ladies we don't need this place and then as they try to leave, the redneck guys are like, fuck them women. They beat us in softball. We going to get them. So they uh, they attack them. Negative encounters ensue. Negative encounters ensue. Yes, very negative. Uh, but uh, the girls fight back, Jarrett. They fight mm-hmm. back. So it's kind of like Deliverance, but also, um, I don't know. This is, like, uh, this is like 90s, late 80s, 90s. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe this. It's... Uh, like what, what I was, I don't know what I was looking for there, but, um, it's, it's not a bad movie. Some of the, uh, sexual aggressiveness is a little bit off there, but uh, it is got, it's got some good girl power. They're fighting the rednecks and you're rooting for them. You're like, yeah, 
get them. But this thing actually, I think one thing you would like is this thing has pretty good stunt work. Like yeah, some good bumps. It's got some bumps, man. Dudes hanging off of cars, like, and cars hitting each other, and then the guys flying off of the cars they're hanging on, and you're like, like you're watching it, and you're like, that's real. It's like, (laughs) that dude flew off into the fucking woods off of, like, the side of that vehicle. Um, So I was actually, like, like, it's horror adjacent, I guess, because it's, you know, ladies in the woods getting raped, and you're just like, that's (laughs) not good. Um, not, that falls into the horror category. That uh, falls category. into the horror. Yeah, but I mean, it's, that is it's like also a... more action because of all the stunts. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. He's on, uh, on a weekend or something like that. Uh, it's got really good, really good stunts. And then it's got weird stuff too, like dudes who are just pissing on balloons for no reason. You're like, what's going on here? Hmm. Why's that guy pissing on a balloon? That's I don't weird. know. I don't know. Yeah. But blood games, not bad. Not, not bad. bad not bad. Yeah. So you want me to keep going here? Uh, yeah. I mean, might as well talk about Psycho Goreman, which I mean, I, I I've watched a while ago now, but yeah. So uh, I actually watched this with Andy, and I'm gonna tell you, Jared, she was very into it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I was also very into it. I actually liked Psycho Goreman quite a bit. Psycho Goreman's um, pretty good. I mean, so yeah. this is um. This is the, the I don't know if you'd call this Astron Six anymore. Latter day, like because they've kind of moved on from Astron Six, I guess officially. But they're all still working together. Uh, Stephen Kosnaski, uh, and then uh, the main actor guy, whatever the, 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 the dad. Uh, yeah, is that Adam Brooks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yes. So he's of course the the man who's directed some of the. The the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. Adam Which, Brooks, like, uh, the editor in Father's Day. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck, they're atrocious, atrocious. Gotcha. But luckily, he did not direct this. Um, he did not direct Steve. But this is this, 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 this is from the this is from the director of The Void. Yep. You know. And what did he do in a VHS? 94? Oh, he he just like the 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 infomercial. Oh, the, the, the masher. Okay. That's it. Okay. I mean, he also co-directed Father's Day because they all work together, and he also and worked. Man he Borg. also directed a Manborg, which I turned off after about five minutes. It, it didn't pass the Cuso yeah. test. Yeah, it was on Shutter for a while, but I think it just got taken off, which is too bad. Oh yeah, I guess it, it did disappear, didn't it? But he also yeah. directed uh, W is for Wish, which, which is pretty which is good. Primo. Uh, kind of very psycho gourmandish. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it's got similar vibe. Um, so like I, uh, I didn't, I didn't think actually Andrew would be into this, but I was like twenty minutes into it, and I was like, I think she might like this. So we actually watched this Sunday morning on uh, Halloween mm-hmm. morning because I turned it on before she was awake. I was like, I don't know, and then uh, I was like, oh, she might be in this, and then she came down and she's like, what are you watching? I was like, it's like it's kind of like an eighties. Like kids movie where they find a monster, but the monster is like a horrifying like kill you monster, intergalactic conqueror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's like, "That sounds good." And I was like, "It is good." And then she came in right when a uh, psycho Goreman is like under control, <laughs> like becomes under control yeah. of the kids, uh, which is the perfect timing. Um, but yeah, I actually I like this movie a lot. It's got great jokes. Like I actually thought I found the humor in this was really funny. Uh, like the dad where he's like, you're welcome. And the lady's like, you fucked up the whole microwave. And it kind of zooms in. He's like, 
you're welcome. And he's like crying a little bit. I, I like the, that stuff with him. Um, the montages with Psycho Gorman are real good. Uh, some of the kind of throwaway jokes where the kid's like, don't be worried. And then it'd, it'd be like Psycho Gorman off screen. And, and he'd be like, be worried. And he's like, I will kill everyone. And you're just like, ah, oh, Psycho Gorman. Uh, did you you're like crazy. Did, did you like his uh, Dr. Grant costume? Oh, so much. <laughs> so much. When he's walking around, I was like, I was like, it's Jurassic Park. And, oh yeah, it's and it's like a little ascot. Yeah, the hat. Because like first the I'm hat. like, what's with this? And then I'm looking and went, that's 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 Doctor Grant from Jurassic yes, Park. It and so that's pretty good. I thought that yep. was like that's probably one of the best uh, jokes. I think uh, it, that's like so low key, and it, it's not even a joke because it doesn't matter. Because at first it's like, oh, if you don't know that, because somehow you don't know about Jurassic Park. Uh, he just like it looks silly because oh it's you know it's dark side but, he, but he's dressed up as a per- as a normal dude but it's like mm-hmm. no he's dressed up like Sam Neil. Oh, I I loved it. I thought it was so good. Uh, yeah. So for people who don't know about the Psycho Gore Man, the tagline for this film, RJ, little girl, big psycho, siblings Mimi and Luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord. Using a magical amulet, they force the monster to obey their childish whims and accidentally attract a rogues gallery of intergalactic assassins to small town suburbia. It's pretty much what it is completely. Pretty much completely. Yeah. Uh, with gore. <laughs> yeah, it's got really good gore. Uh, or well, I mean, you know, the Astron 6 gore, which I, I, I really like too. Like some of it's a little clunky, but intentionally so oh i think this is fine like this this doesn't have the uh extremely annoying editing like yeah it it serves it all makes sense the way it It all makes sense because like they do like you get this you get the astron 6 super compressed style of editing and presentation and junk janky uh cgi with the flashbacks of like his home world but it all makes it's it's all like after like w yeah w is for wish was like them or at least like uh steven Figuring mm-hmm. out what, how to make it work what properly. They are. Yeah, yeah, rather than like we're manborg, it's just like uh, awful to watch. This like, oh hey, let's do all those things that we like, but let's let's put it to the service of like a basic thing. Or it's like let's make like a eighties nineties kids movie. Mm-hmm. And but holy fuck, that little girl is so fucking annoying. She's brutal, and I'm like, how intentional is this? Because I think intentional, but it's really annoying. Like, yeah, like, I, I mean, yeah. I knew that you wouldn't like uh, like her. I actually think she's not that bad. Like, she is annoying, but I think, like, as a little kid actor, it's like, I, I, I thought oh, she did a good I, job with I think it. it. I think it's beyond that, though. Like, this is, like, yeah, let it, let her loose. Let let this kid be, like, the ultimate annoying kid that you're like, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I, I know what you mean. It didn't bother me that much, but I she is she's annoying. But those, I, I but man, but like the real highlight of this whole fucking thing is the costumes. Because oh, yeah. so this is Power Rangers, yes. essentially. Yeah, it is. Uh, yep. But like they really go f- uh, for it in terms of like the design of these mm-hmm. monsters. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you know you get the throne room in the intergalactic council. Yeah, uh, with Brain Guy. <laughs> and, Brain uh, Guy is super cool. He's like yeah. a mutagen man. Yep. Uh, yeah, you get every like every single like weird, wacky design you could think up of like a TV show from back in the day. It's like, yeah, hey, let's get all the good ones, and then we'll even mm-hmm. have like the the 
lawful good uh, Templar knights that the now that now yep. control the galaxy, but they are like lawful to this degree. We're like, yeah, they are the fascists of their space fascists that enslave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like our our hero Psycho Goreman. Mm-hmm. who was a slave to the Templars. And then uh, he, he stumbled upon this amulet, which amped him up. And so he began to turn the tables mm-hmm. and became his own uh, intergalactic despot. So, yes. But then he gets he got stopped and imprisoned uh, and just wound up on Earth. And these little kids, they find it by accident. And comedy ensues because yes, the amulet's the only thing that prevents Psycho Gorman from just wiping the Earth out. Uh, mm-hmm. In minutes, so that's fun, and it and it, it is fun. Yeah, there's some, yeah, and the the gore. Uh, you get some yeah. some very strange death scenes. Uh, <laughs> the the <laughs> like like hoodlums. Uh, one man's like, oh, you're going to live forever, and, and you'll be like my uh, my art piece, where you'll just be like in constant pain of your pain. eyes just rolling uh, over and over inside of their eye socket. For I and, love that guy. Yeah, that's good. He's trying trying to kill himself all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's well, that's another guy. That's the cop. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about yeah, him. That, 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 well, he's a different type of hoodlum, RJ. Um, yes. But yes, that was uh, good stuff like that. And then like when the yep. uh, the bounty hunters, his old his old t- uh, t- yeah. team members show up, it's so uh-huh. so good. And uh, the fight that follows, and also mm-hmm. when he, uh, I think yeah, Psycho Goreman's um, honoring of worthy of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're like no <laughs> you're just like oh yeah. I, I like how blunt he is afterwards too he's like that he's like the images you witnessed will never leave you he's like that will haunt you until you are you are dust he's like you will never be able to erase that from your minds and you're like yeah psycho gourmet yeah Com- comedy horror i guess yeah. yeah it's good though like all that stuff works really well and uh like my thing here is like this is like I think it's a pretty wholesome movie. Like honestly, it is. Like it's got good messages. You know, it's about family taking care of each other. And the biggest thing is, uh, the biggest thing is that that they're they're there for each other, Jarrett. They're um, there for each other. If you say so. <laughs> I like Psycho Gore, man. I think it's good. It is good. Uh, yeah, good jokes. It's got good uh, good horror. Good um. Finally, they Good they, gore. they finally figured it out. They figured it out. They figured it out. It's without a doubt the best of the Astron yeah, world. Well, I mean, I think like this, like where's the merchandise for Psycho Goreman stuff? Why are we getting oh. like Cheddar Goblin shit? Yeah, I don't want Cheddar Goblin. I want Psycho Goreman. Psycho Goreman toys. Oh, man, that'd be so Come cool. on, Mondo. Just make these things because I don't want to buy any. I just want to look at them. I want the brain, like the kid who gets turned into a brain. Oh, yeah. He's just a giant brain. He's just a giant brain. I want that as like a, a paperweight mm. for my stuff or something, you know. I'd yeah. buy a brain. brain well, I mean, you, you could probably just buy a brain, uh, of like a plastic brain, and, gets, can, Real? And, and put googly eyes on it, and you're good. I could, but it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. I prefer to support these guys because I want more Psycho Gorman. Gorman's. Gorman's types movies. Yeah. yeah. But it's good stuff. Good stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was nice. So, um, and then you watched Cabin Fever. I did watch Cabin Fever because you you uh, encouraged me to. I encouraged you to because you never saw it. 
before. I made I made some stream of consciousness notes. Did you? Uh, I did. did you oh yeah. Happen it, and was the moment you were talking about on there? Because there were a few moments that I think could have qualified for. Uh, it, it, it wasn't quite on there because it is. It is literally the last like beat of the movie. Oh, like, the hard end. No, 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 no. It's the it's it's the hard cut to like the they're back to that character, and then his friends show up. Yeah, and then it just cuts right to the credits. I I laugh at that every single time. <laughs> like, is this because it's so abrupt? It's, it is. Yeah, and I don't know. I yeah. think that that is like so funny to me. Yeah. That that is funny, and uh, I mean, this movie's got a lot of ridiculous stuff. Indeed, like pour, pouring listerine on like on his ween. He's like, this will kill the the fungus, and you're like, hmm. The pancake karate. That's legend. I mean, have you had you never seen that before? The pancake no. kid. Wow. No, that, I've, that, never, I've never seen that. That that's like I think I feel like how most people probably seen Cabin Fever first is just that scene. And they didn't know what it was from. Yep. That little mul- that mulleted little boy. I mean, there's that. Um, all the appearances of Eli Roth. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time he pops up, you go, woof, woof. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There, there's lots of stuff in this movie. The um, Cabin Fever is not bad. The, what I would describe it as is like uh, it's it's early 2000s horror. It's got some of the good stuff that uh, I think I'm nostalgic for, but it also has a lot of the the bad stuff from the era as well. Um, it's a like I think Cabin Fever is pretty pretty decent, but uh, it's got some goofy shit in there, you know. You know. Oh, it does. You know about goofy shit, Jared? But this movie is also very nice looking. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. No, it doesn't look bad. Well, there's those shots of the lake, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's like the cinematographer actually on this is someone who has gone on to better things, and Ryder Strong, one Sean Hunter, I, Sean Hunter himself. I think the cinematographer was a uh, Hans Zimmer, so he he's a big name now. Big big you know. dog. Well, yeah. damn! Look at that, Sean Kevin, or Scott mm. Scott Kevin, uh, who who shot Death Race with with uh, oh. and the Losers and Underworld Awakening and Deliver Us from Evil, The Darkest Hour, Fame. Wow! Wow! That movie Tamara that I always see on these lists of like movies I never want to watch. Oh, look that, at that! Those all sound good. He also shot Borderland and Stomp the Yard. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember Stomp the Yard? I do. I haven't I haven't stopped remembering Stomp the Yard. Yeah, yeah I've always kept but, it with me. And hey, this was the first uh, movie this guy had ever shot. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it looks great. And, and I do think it's got it, it's got good story. And uh, like, I don't know. This, this is, to me, I, I would say pretty quintessential uh, early 2000 horror. And yep. that's what I mean. It's got it's got everything in there that we've learned to uh expect and uh it's got the good it's got some of you don't you don't want to smoke big fat doobies with one of eli roth's characters because he Uh, he plays two characters yeah he plays two um what what did they call uh grim when his huge huge goatee (laughs) his he's like call me grim and you're and they're like you no (laughs) Remember, well, keep in mind that probably in 2002, that was like is what regular people looked like. Uh, I, I'm I am aware. I'm yeah. aware. But damn, that is a big goatee. Well, I mean, I, I bet RJ at 12 years old would have been like, I want to be like Grim. 
Mm, I would have been wanted to be more like the dog. That dog was going around biting everyone, standing well, up for himself. He's hungry. Well, he was hungry. He yeah. needed food. No. Yeah. He needed food. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Kevin Fever. Kevin Fever's got some good stuff in there. You nice. know what I mean? You know what I mean, Vern? I'm, I'm hearing you. All right. What about you? Did you watch any movies? Yeah, I watched a couple. I watched. Oh some, yeah. I watched some cinema. Let's cinema. Anything wh- of note? Okay. Well, let me just blast through a few of these bad boys. So I did watch Saint Maud some uh, some, yeah, some, some weeks ago. Uh, this movie is just like finely made but really boring at the end of the day and i just was i was not invested in anything going on this is not even calling it catholic horror i don't know this is horror adjacent Mm, stuff religious horror yeah it's about a girl who becomes very uh extremely religious Mm. she, she, she becomes like a little church lady um she's a nurse uh she's looking after a uh woman who was a dancer before becoming like she's now in palliative care with cancer she's going to die Mm. and so the nurse is like well i'm gonna look after her maybe i can be like lead by a good example and stuff like that but then of course she's like wait a minute this woman is a lesbian disgusting Uh, and then wow well and then she's just like oh my god like and then she's she's so debauched in this she should be worshiping the spiritual realm um there's some some um you know drunken mocking of like oh little little church girl and stuff like that and uh she does some unprofessional things that a nurse should not be doing and she gets like shit can- slapping your patient who's dying of cancer seems fine yeah um well you, you can keep your job in this in this country i guess sure too. sure yeah, for assaulting uh patients it's good just so, a couple so they lose their job and this pushes them over the edge Ooh. And you find out this person w- was all up to bad things. Is very directionless, and but then winds up wanting to get revenge on this person. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, sure. And then it has this like ending that some people it works for. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that's what that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is not good. Not good. See, that's why I didn't rush out to see it. You know, I I mean honestly. I kind of you look at the poster Saint Maud. You see this like very like graphic white image, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, is this like an exorcist type deal? No, <laughs> just no, just no. Nah. It's not. Hmm. That's too bad. Yeah, because it could have been like a black coat's daughter, but sounds like it no. isn't. Far from it. Far from mm. it. This isn't. Yeah. This is not elevated horror, RJ. This is uh, just like like a drama. With like, no. it's like a thriller feeling. You should have watched No One Gets Out Alive, the other Netflix original. Mm. Or was this a Netflix original? I thought no, it this, was. Well, this is uh, a. No, no, this got released in theater, but it was it got COVIDed. Ah, uh, I got another one of those to talk about too. We'll get there. Okay. Can't remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, and then I watched a kind of a. A Ryan Nagel pick. Oh, which one? The Midnight Hour. Oh which, yeah, which features Jordy LaForge. Jordy? Jordy's With here. A G? He can see. Um, in this film, what? so this was an ABC made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the a curse was placed back in olden times 
mm-hmm. um, by a witch, and then the witch's great 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 granddaughter accidentally speaks the words and brings back all these witch this witch and ghouls and zombies come back, and there's a big party at the at a high school kid's place, and mm-hmm. all the zombies start showing up, and everyone's hanging out. Um, things, things happen. Uh, it's got a really cool little score, like with tons of licensed music, but good, Mm. good, good licensed music. Mm -hmm. And like, of course does, uh, there's a sequence, uh, that Ryan in his review mentions, uh, talking about, uh, a scene down in the wine cellar. That's really cool. And Mm -hmm. all, I think because someone back in 1985 realized that, um, using, Smith's music, some Morrissey sound over mm-hmm. a vampire scene is money. Did Jim Jarmusch steal that? Uh, no, he's not smart. He enough. wishes he did though. Yeah, because yeah. him and his white hair. So it does sound good. Yeah, so that, that part's good. Yeah, this is a this is a great thing to throw on, and not mm. you don't have to think too much. It's like this is a very Halloweeny movie, mm-hmm. perfectly Halloweeny. Would you say it's perfect for actually being on Halloween? Like watching it on the day of Halloween? uh, Watching it on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Or or, or save it till Halloween. Whatever whatever floats your boat. I've wanted to check it out for a while. I just haven't yet. So maybe next year. I watched Deathgasm. Oh, yeah. I think there is a Joe Bob on Deathgasm. Okay, so this is this is from New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, and it is about a kid who's really into black metal, and he uh, his mom died, and now he's living with his uptight, more religious uh, aunt and uncle, and their jockey, rapey asshole cousin, who's just like a full on bully to him, mm-hmm. and he befriends another. Uh, you know, black metal kid, and they mm-hmm. form a band with uh, the the kids' very dorky D and D playing friends. How dorky? Uh, I mean, they're like whatever the the cliche of D and D people is in movies. The so, Duncan type. Uh, I don't know if I was this cool. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, one thing leads to another. The they they call themselves Deathgasm. Uh, one of them gets a lead that like there's a, an old uh, metalhead who lives in town in a band, and he's got some secret, some notes that they could use to make some good songs. Uh, secret they, notes. They, they, they find him in his old boarded up house, and they they snatch up these th- th- this music, which of course uh, is from an old demonic text, which actually evokes demony things, and then things go all mm. Evil Dead, uh, uh, Bava demons bava-esque yes and they're playing the music and turns people into evil dead zombies into deadites and the whole community starts is undeady and monstery mm-hmm. um some violence to be had it's, it's, a, it's a fun movie rj can you describe fun deathgasm deathgasm <laughs> yeah did you do you wish you had watched the joe bob nope i don't care about joe bob I, I Why not? I don't know. Just don't. I, just, I don't. I don't like looking at him. But he's a fun guy. His name's Joe Bob. It is. His name is Joe Bob. I'll stick to Casino. That's all the Joe Bob I need. Ah, 
good good save good save yeah. so would you recommend uh deathgasm for me next year uh, sure Probably. sure i've seen it pop up before and i it's another one that i, I think i was gonna watch it last year i just never got to it so it seems like it doesn't hit everybody the same way i thought this movie was just like right in the middle fine mm-hmm. yeah no that sounds about right for the most part. For the most part. For the most part. Uh, do you what know else about, you got? Do you know about The Empty Man? It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know why. So, David Pryor, as uh, uh-huh. Sam Loveland mentioned earlier in an email, uh, did an interview <laughs> on a podcast. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. So, The Empty Man, I didn't really know anything about. And you hear The Empty Man, your mind just goes to Bye Bye Man, Slender Man. Like everyone trying mm. to cash in Empty on the, the creepy pasta stuff, Ugh. and you're like, "Oh, it's gonna be," but RJ. So I had no idea what this was. The poster is just like it's a black poster with white text, and it's like handwritten, "The Empty Man." <laughs> and then, but I did see a handful of people who were watching this movie giving it, you know, higher than average marks for some. And so I was like, what, mm-hmm. what's this empty man all about? And then I did a a Google search and I looked at images and I went, whoa, 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 what the fuck is this? <laughs> what's this empty man all about? <laughs> like I I don't know. What is this empty man about? Uh, so that's that's what kind of sold me on it, is this one still. And I'm like, man, they should have just been showing what that. Was it? I'll send it to you right now. Oh jeez. The anticipation of the empty man. Okay, so <clears throat> did uh look, look, look at the scale. I know and the scale is good. It's Geiger esque a little bit, some would say. It's like a big old weird oversized skeleton. Humanoid, but humanoid but with off. like some gross maybe, big bones. Yeah, big bones coming off, you know, maybe some ha- bones in the back. Hand, hands way too big of hands. To, together. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. And, 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 and it's in a cave, and there's like a man with like expedition outfit, and it's he's got a he's like putting light on this, and you're like, mm-hmm. what's all this then? So what's all this about? Right. So like that. So if you read the description of this, that mm-hmm. is not helpful because it sounds like just the most generic thing ever, which kind of kind of is RJ. But mm-hmm. uh, it opens up. The first twenty minutes are about this still image that I just sent you. Mm-hmm. And before I even get there, words as the movie starts up, Boom Studios. Like I'm unfamiliar with Boom Studios. Boom Comics. You might be familiar oh. with. Oh. But do you know what other words came up a little bit after that? After Boom? Was it Cullen Bun, Jarrett? It sure was, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Pe- people maybe not, don't know about the Cullen Bunning, but uh, so when I was buying comics, there was a certain writer. His name was Cullen Bun. The Bun. He, he wrote a lot of stuff that I wanted to read. A lot of stuff that sounded good to me, and that I would read these Cullen Bun things, and I'd go, "This guy, this is not one of my guys." And this guy was writing. I don't know, like. 30 comics a month it seemed like at one point oh everything everything that came out was cullen bun he was taking whatever everything so some some editor liked this guy and he was getting work left and right 
But so like whatever. He he wrote like Aquaman and a bunch of other shit that no one even cares about. But yeah. it seemed like his interest was writing a comic that mm-hmm. he would own that would turn into a movie. I think he's, is, that's he's not per- even credited on Letterboxes. I, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. Okay, keep going. So, which I'm curious about because I just, you know, listened to this podcast interview and he and David Pryor doesn't even mention this at all. Uh, but so this is like, I think, loosely based on the graphic novel. Yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. I've never heard of this. I don't know if anyone bought this at the store. Um it's I like, sure shit didn't. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't recall. But this is like the most generic looking thing in so many ways. So none of this is going to help market your movie uh, based on a comic that nobody read, um, that you don't even credit the writer on Letterbox. On Letterbox. So it's, the more interesting thing is, so David Pryor is um, he he came about as a special features guy. Uh, he did a li- some friends of his was, were working, I think, on the a- Alien Quadrology. Okay. And then he made an impression with Fox at the time. And I guess he was a big fan of Ravenous. And he was like, hey, we should do a special edition of Ravenous. Because I think this movie is actually kind of a big deal in terms of like things that people would watch if they watched it on DVD. Because the movie didn't do very well in the box office. They were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because that was back when DVDs were selling like crazy. And they did. DVDs. DVDs. Uh, but then he kind of wound up becoming David Fincher's DVD guy. Because mm-hmm. so he did the Fight Club DVD. He did, I'm assuming, the Seven DVD. So he was like Mister, like he, this guy's like a Criterion level, but like not Criterion. We're going to do this at New Line Cinema. We're going to approach mm-hmm. it in a different way. Uh, and, then, and then he was doing. Then, then he kind of transitioned to being coming like behind the scenes guy. So he was then on these sets and he was doing the footage and compiling stuff. So he got to know David Fincher. Um, so I don't know if you've watched like the Zodiac blu-ray much the zodiac yeah zodiac the, oh so okay. he, he worked on all the special features of that there's a bunch of like making of on there pretty in-depth stuff like i am the zodiac i think it's called mm-hmm. um so he got he's cutting his teeth on just doing this kind of behind the scenes documentaries that kind of thing but i mean obviously a guy like this is gonna be someone who's like i want to make a movie and he had to he had to wait until i guess the time came along uh, he he made his uh, short film. It's fairly popular called AM twelve hundred. Mm, unfamiliar. Okay, it, it pops up on a lot of like best like horror shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'm surprised very few people I follow have watched this at all. It's okay. Uh, yeah. I think he shot it on thirty five millimeter. I think he mentions on there. It's very simple. It's got Ray Wise, Leland. Oh, look at that. But yeah, so he was a David Fincher guy, and then he got his mm-hmm. his opportunity to make Empty Man, the Empty Man. But for whatever reason, whatever drew him to this subject matter, um, mm-hmm. that's what he was going to be given. This was going to be his like movie, his step up. Uh, this was shot in like 2017, and then there was some production holdups because winter came, and so they had to wait like a long time to finish up the second part of the production. And then... Fox knew or Fox Fox got sold to Disney and this movie kind of fell by the wayside producers and people who believed in the project. They weren't around anymore and time had moved on. They're like, ah, we're, we're beyond this empty man. And so the movie was meant to come out in 2017, 2018 rolls around and the movie was getting shown with test audiences. And this thing was getting dumped on. 
real hard. People weren't into the empty man? They were not into this empty man. Why not? Uh, well, RJ, how long is the empty man? Uh, my hope would be 80 to 90 minutes. 137 minutes long. So this is... Sorry, 37? 37. So this is two hours, two hours. Two hours and 17 minutes long. Why? Exactly. That, to that, what end? To what end? So the first 20 minutes of this movie, going back to where I was going before, is a uh, prologue that almost has nothing to do with the whole movie. And that's where this image I sent you comes from. Uh, okay. It's about these like four young people that are going, you know, mountain climbing somewhere. Uh, I can't remember what it is, Bouraton or something like that. And they're just like whatever people. They cross this bridge, this old bridge, and they get across it. And then they hear this like, Ooh, sound kind of the sound when you're blowing like into a bottle sound? into an empty bottle yes mm-hmm. and the guy's like what is that and he walks over he's like kind of walk, keeps walking and you're like what's going to happen you know this guy's going to like walk off a cliff but then he suddenly just drops out of sight as he falls down a crevice and they're like holy shit we gotta go find this guy and then so uh, he repels down to find his friend and he gets down there and this is where you find the skeleton and you see his friend sitting uh, prostate in front of this statue in this like trance and he's like hey what are you doing he seems fine but he's just like tranced out looking at this thing and he goes to touch him and the guy just whispers if you touch me you'll die and there's this moment of like what the fuck do I do Did so he, he touch t- it he touches him don't touch not the, not the skeleton but touch him mm-hmm. his friend so he grabs him he passes out he drags him they, they haul him out of the crevice uh, they find this old house comp building uh, they hole up there for a bit and the weather gets worse uh, they're wondering like you know this is uh what's set in 1993 there's not a lot of cell phone mm. surface probably even now in this spotty of, if, in this area, if any if any uh, and then one thing leads to another and uh friends wind up dead throat slitting times people throwing themselves off of cliffs and this man is left just sitting there in front of this bridge and that's the last we see of him or is it Mm. so it jumps ahead and Mm. we get we get to catch up with actor james badge dale you know about james oh i know all about james badge dale yeah what do you want to know about uh my friend uh, I, don't, I don't know. You tell me because I, I, I have no idea who this guy is really. You're he's... saying you don't remember Mr. James Badgedale from The Departed, from nope. Iron Man 3, nope. from World War Z, nope. from Shame, nope. from The Lone Ranger, from nope. Hold the Dark, nope. from 13 Hours, nope. from The Kitchen? So he's a guy. He's a guy. He is he's just... a man who is in movies and he is never the lead. <laughs> but he is here. I he is in this, yeah. So, so he's a he's a former police officer who now runs a has a security store you know he sells mm. he sells security mm. um and uh an old flame of his his daughter disappears along with some friends and he this becomes a movie about a man investigating <laughs> he goes around and he investigates and once in a mm. while spooky things happen anything really spooky uh no that's kind of the problem. So this movie's like, considering its fucking length, it goes by 
pretty quickly. It it it's, it feels paced okay, but apparently this movie got dumped onto into theater right as COVID was going, and no one went to it, and so it's like this is a, a write off. And there's no support for it. And apparently I read, I think on Wikipedia that this film isn't even like technically done being edited. David Pryor didn't actually resolve the movie. The he, way he just he, gave up. I don't know if he had a choice because eventually they just mm-hmm. take it away. And supposedly there is a, a producer cut of this. Like this sounds like very Brazilish, right? Uh, there's a producer cut of this that is 90 minutes long. And he's just like, it's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen, which of course, like anybody would say the same thing. You're like, none of it makes any sense. Cause you, if you know what it's supposed to be in your head and you're watching a yeah. version of it, that just, it's like, this is it. This is garbage. Things are just missing. It's like, yeah. so if this ever gets a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release, which of course he would love to have happen because he's like, I used to be mm-hmm. a, a DVD guy. Like I would be, do special features and stuff. Like, I, I want this to come out, but who knows if it ever will be. Like, it was just, like, ha- dumped out into the mm. world. Uh, nobody cares. It's like every one of our episodes. Like, exactly. Unedited Dumped mess. into the world. Never, nobody cares. Never, never fully resolved. Uh-huh. So, so this is a, a horror noir, RJ. Mm. Is it a noir-uary film? No. No. It's, I wish it was so much better than it was. <laughs> But it just doesn't get there. It just I don't know. I don't know what. Is there something missing? And like David Pryor, like I was listening to this interview he was doing. He likes to talk about anamorphic lenses and good glass, mm-hmm. and he obviously is very knowledgeable about film. But if someone started talking about good glass, I'd say no. <laughs> good ass you but, know what I mean but, but, get out of here I'm not sure how Colin Bunn feels about this if he got a paycheck at some point and he's like well better luck next time so pick up my he probably got a paycheck singular yeah. but it probably wasn't <laughs> worth much I don't know we'd have to have him on sometime so oh boy <laughs> uh, but yeah there's like these moments where you're like oh this should be better but honestly just watch Angel Heart just watch Angel Heart it's, it's, it's better it does it better watch The Ninth Gate you love that one right you love, uh, like, you love that mean, Ninth Gate. I didn't dislike the Ninth Gate. The Ninth Gate's just a kooky ass movie. It's it's goofy as shit. So that's the thing. This movie also probably is, takes itself way too seriously, uh, which is like that, I think, which I think is like the problem. David Fincher kind yeah. of like this feels like a guy who worked on and probably thinks a lot like David Fincher. His like favorite movie ever since it came out was Blade Runner. Mm, so he's like that, that Ridley Scott and. David Fincher and you wind up with the empty man. Maybe I don't know. There is, there is some of the key component that's missing from this movie. Mm. Very, very much. So, um, it kind of ends, it, it so. ends and it just ends. It kind of just ends. There's some good stuff okay. though. I'm like, ah, oh, it could be so much better. It's so, it's frustrating. Hmm. I mean, isn't that always the case? Yeah. You know, things are frustrating. Things are not what you want. And then you die. <laughs> Jared. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I don't know if about the rest of these things. Suddenly in the Dark is a South Korean horror movie about a woman who thinks a, a cursed doll is trying to kill her via her new like housemaid. Um, was it? No. It was okay. psychological. The yeah. eyes of my mother is some, um, as you might put it, some art house trash. Ah, it's very good it, trash it, or bad trash. It's a, it's way darker than I was expecting it to be. It's got some novelty black and white, 
for mm. uh, extra, you know, uh, elevation. Mm-hmm. It's about a, a little a little girl who is I don't even know what you call it, psychotic. It's it's like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, disturbed. Yes. So what happens is her and her mother are at their farmhouse while dad's away. They're this like Portuguese immigrant family living out in the middle of somewhere, uh, like in America, Midwest. And this, this guy just shows up one day talking to the girl and she's like, hi, uh, can I use your washroom? And you go, no, you just say, no, don't let people come into your house. But say, sorry, I'm, uh, yeah. And of course he comes into the house and some bad things happen, RJ. Kind of bad things. Oh, some negative encounter happens. Oh shit. But, but it's like, not even just like, it's like, oh, he's bashing her head in, in the sink like, or in the bathtub, like just bashing, cool. bashing, bashing. Cool. Um, dad, the dad comes home and he knocks out this guy and he shackles him up in the barn. Is that good? Uh, I, I suppose. But then like For him, yeah. then he, but then like the little girl gets to like keep him. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, kids need friends. She that's exactly right. And her her mother was a surgeon and was teaching her about like surgery uh, on on a, mm. on, a, on a cow head, RJ. Mm. And then so she starts performing her own little surgeries, little girl surgeries on this guy. <laughs> pops okay. out pops out those eyeballs. Sure. Takes out that uh, that voice box, <laughs> so he can't. You don't make, need that. You don't need that. And. Uh, they're friends in the barn for a very long time we get a time jump oh uh the the dad dies and the girl's like oh i'm alone and now i'm I'm gonna let the guy in the barn into the house who's been my friend for a really long time but that guy does that work well well as soon as uh he gets an opportunity he tries to escape and she's she's very hurt by this so she starts. So she wants to start the cycle all over again because she's lonely, and she starts finding I'm people. The same way, and she starts finding people. Yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. And and to do it all over again, and there's this like oh, first it's like uh, this woman that she meets at a bar for an encounter. What, what positive or a, well, the intention I'm sure of the victim was it would be a positive encounter for the two of these women, but and it was it turns not. it turns negative. As this person obviously is very unhinged, um, mm. and then we get the, the the next sequence, which involves a a mother with a newborn, and this the woman on the farm's like, "I want a baby," <laughs> and the mother gets barned. She gets barned too. Yeah, the mother they all get, get barned. Well, I, I don't know what happened to the woman in between the one she met at the mm. bar. You don't really see her again. So maybe that, that one didn't last long at all, but the, the, the mother gets barned and we get to see this little baby grow up to be like, I don't know, an eight year old. And you go, Oh, that's a, that's seven years of being an eyeless person. who can't scream in a barn. Mm. Yeah. There's, and, there's not that much wrong with that. This, though. This, like, it's did, not, did they give him a blanket? Uh, no, not really. Not that I remember oh. seeing there's buckets. Well, at least he can have a bucket to go in. So this movie is not fun. It's not. It's, oh. not, it's not a fun thrill ride of a movie. It's, it's like not like Psycho Goreman. No, no. Watch Psycho Goreman. Okay. Don't watch the eyes of my mother. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. RJ, do you know about drones? 
Uh, I've heard of drones. Are you talking about uh, maybe an A24 horror film? Yeah. Potentially with drone placement? Well, how about a movie called The Drone? Is it from A24? It is not. This is from nobody. Uh, This is a movie. It's an inanimate killer object. Mm -hmm. But by way of child's play, where a, a serial killer... His soul. You, he he was he's been using drones to to stalk women, get mm-hmm. their information, and then he kidnaps them, and kills them. And he's, he's he's sick, and the cops catch up to him, and he he starts talking in binary to them mm-hmm. as, as they're trying to arrest him. And then like a, zero one, and, zero and, and one. as he's holding his drone in his hand, and then the lightning bolt comes raining down and strikes him in the drone. And ridiculous he, and he dies what whoa 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 what do you mean ridiculous so obviously his his mind and soul transfer to the drone which yeah well which, naturally so the police officer who's like there to pick up the evidence he's like ah my kid wants one of these he puts it in an evidence bag and he's driving along and he's talking to his kid on the phone like yeah 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 i'll be there soon kid and then suddenly the the drone springs to life and like attacks the man driving and then he's dead. And then the drone evidence floats away. And it finds itself landing on a garbage can slash recycling bin outside of the suburban home uh, where this couple has just moved in to this house, this, like, modernist home. And the, the guy's, like, really into tech. He, like, he, his house is all teched out it's with security it's all interface and stuff like that he's like oh sweet a drone honey and and of course his his wife's like well i don't really like technology for some reason i have a I have, there's a dark past with technology which we learn uh later in the film uh via like a uh, exposition is that she uh had been her brother bought her a rc car and, oh, and she took it out onto the sidewalk. She was driving around, and her boyfriend was like, drive it. Yeah, drive, drive the RC car. And it caused a oh, car I... accident that that veered off in a tree, and everyone died or something. Come and on. now she's like, I hate technology. She's an architect, and he's a photographer. Uh, they have a, a, a next-door neighbor that's like a, a horny blonde woman that's like very flirtatious. Just ready to ruin their marriage like this all is like laid out instantly but of course the drone is in the house and it's up to no good it's conspiring to make their relationship rocky there there's their the the dog the family dog doesn't like the drone Mm -hmm. so the drone starts conspiring to kill the dog and guess what rj successful because of course it is Silly. It's sick. Sick. Silly. And, uh, yeah, there's scenes where uh, the guy's like, there's problems with this drone. <laughs> I can't get it. I think I need a new charger for it. And the black guy working behind the counter, he's like, what kind of, what color of cable do you want? Black or white? And then the guy's like, oh, well, uh, well, I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take the, the, the black cable. I'm just kidding you. It's like Crash. Mm. It's just like Crash. It's like some commentary, some some poking fun at race rj it's like wow the drone this movie can this movie could truly do anything everything did it do it 
No, this movie's so fucking bad, RJ. It's so bad. Do you think, it's so bad. Do you think it would have been more successful <laughs> if it was a, a Roomba, like one of those vacuums? Well, well I mean, but it, but it can't fly, and it doesn't have blades. You just don't. Well, don't, Roomba's don't, got some kind of blades, but I feel, I feel, it can't fly. I, sure. I would definitely prefer to deal with a Roomba than a, a drone. Hmm. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I would folks, too. I mean, if you do have a Roomba, I mean, you heard it here first. Uh, you might want to unplug it tonight don't trust it don't trust it don't don't because i mean you never you know see, especially if you a see ser- it talking to the microwave get the hell out if a serial killer comes in and transfers its soul into it get, mm. gotta get rid of it and it might have happened you might not have been home it could also happen to a vacuum uh microwave um <laughs> sink mm-hmm. killer sink would be killer a cool sink. one haven't seen that in a long yeah. time yeah and that's true Actually, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a killer sink. Not yet. Where's yeah. Anyways, so that was great. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. I also checked out oh this movie Demon. Man, what a disappointment that was. I don't even want to get into it too much. It's like a it's it's all about at a wedding and it's another dibic. It's another dibic movie. That, that uh, it's like, how many dibics we have this month? Uh well you watched Killer Sofa and I watched yeah. Demon. But it feels like there's this moment. It's like, hey, we got to find like some old European folklore stuff. That this, this Dybbuk, it's public domain. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. Where's where's our Gollum? <laughs> where's our Gollum uh, films? We need more of them. How many do you think is the right amount? Uh, none, probably. But oh, okay. We'll see. We'll, yeah. Uh, I, I watched this one movie that I actually had on Blu-ray for a while called The Untamed which is a Mexican movie, uh, you could probably just call it Possession 2.0. In in a decent way? As in it has pretty well the exact same thing going on with a tentacle sex thing. Oh. Yeah, but you see way more of it. Way more of it. The, so the one thing that I like about this movie, because it seems like a few people have decided to watch this because I logged it and I gave it perhaps a over rating of three and a half stars, is I, wa- I watched this entire movie all the way through. It held my attention, which which is an accomplishment, I, I, I argue. Um, and I really liked the frankness of its depiction of sex. Uh, where um, it's, where it's okay. just like people have sex. It's not that big a deal. Adults, people like sex, people because it feels good, it's enjoyable, and uh, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, people have that, and it taps into it into the, uh, it starts getting into the upstream color territory a little bit. RJ, pig fetuses? Well, not quite pig fetuses, but the pig fetuses are also like a tentacled thing from space, kind of. That like, oh, okay. that also really enjoys in being with people until it gets sick of you, and then it mm. kills you. It's kind of like podcasting. It, be, hey? it beats you up a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a no, it's kind of a non-story because it is just about this young woman uh, that winds up becoming friends with a nurse or a doctor. I think he's a doctor. Becomes friends with a doctor whose sister is married to a man who he's having an affair with on the side. So, which is interesting because <laughs> you're like oh that's just enough for a movie i suppose but no 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 let's throw in a tentacle fuck alien some hentai let's get it in there i ain't about that life you're not about that you're not down N- not not about the the tentacle 
But it's hentai. But you'll, you'll, it's the best you'll ever feel. And you'll be fine with I, it. And, and I've then, heard claims from nothing, snake, nothing, oilsman nothing, sales, <laughs> snake oil yeah. salesmen before. Nothing will matter. That's the that's the point it's going with. It's like yeah, you'll just like you'll be like you'll want more, even though you're like you should be horrified. But no, it's like feel feels good, man. Feels good, man. Are you Pepe the Frog now? No, no I'm just I'm just saying. You're just Jarrett the just, Frog? Just presenting the movie as it is. I, there's a scene, I think everybody is feeling... Uh, there's a pretty fun little scene in here where, like, there's all these animals hanging around. And you're like, this is, like, a nice little, uh, little, nice little scene. There's lots of goats and, like, wildlife. And then you get to see a little wildlife orgy. This film. This is not one of my films, Jarrett. <laughs> you're supposed to see, like, like, ducks banging and chihuahuas banging and... And they're, mm. and, and they're all in a little little area. They have a little zone that they'll bang in. It sounds incredibly not <laughs> kind of like Kuso. Maybe you you might love Kuso. I don't know this. No, this movie's played totally straight though. Like it it is just a yeah. movie. And then these scenes happen. You're kind of like, huh? I didn't think I'd see that. <laughs> so and then you go. Okay. And then, but then I'm also like, this is possession. I mean, the movie's dedicated. I think he's been like dedicated to uh, Zelowski. So it's very ah. much like, hey, we re- I really like your movie, man. <laughs> I I see. Yeah, um, I watched Hunting Ground, which is a Spanish rape revenge movie that Mondo Macabro put out. That Sam Sanchez kind of put on my radar because he I think he four starred this. Mm. Maybe what was it? Something. What's that? Hunting Ground. Oh, uh, yeah. This movie though, whoo! It this is like this is some horror adjacent stuff <laughs> because it is kind of it's about a defense attorney who defends criminals and mm. she has to learn a lesson that, you know what? Sometimes criminals, they need to get got, they need to be punished. Mm. And she learns a lot of hard lessons over the course of this movie. And it gets to the end and it's kind of like, Holy fuck. Which I think every review kind of mentions, like you get to the end of this movie and the final sequence, it's just like, fuck me. Oh, what mm. is going on? <laughs> and then comes yeah, at you. It comes at you. It's a, yeah, it is a very 1983, very fine year. What else came out in 83? Uh, Halloween 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, mature fan, big fan. We all gets better, all. gets better every time. It sure does, it yep. sure does. Peak, always good. Great horror cinema. Uh, I got two more things to talk about, and I know okay. this, this is gonna be a long episode, folks. Um, I watched Possessor. Oh, little Cronenberg, eh? Yeah, a little or Brandon, little baby, ba- baby, baby Cronenberg, ba- baby Cronenberg. Uh huh. So this is definitely the most successful, I think, Cronen, uh, baby Cronenberg film yet. I mean, there's only nice. been two yep. antiviral in yep. this. I think this is much better in a lot of ways. Uh, the, did you talk about this much at all when you watched it? I I think I I think I. I was pretty coy because I think you, I knew you were going to watch it eventually. Okay. So I think I just said some general ass stuff. Nothing, nothing too okay. serious. I remember you weren't sure if I was going to like it or not. And I was like, I, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I was concerned, Mike, is this, is this going to be Mandy? Am I going to get Mandy'd here? Uh, and I, it seems like you did not get Mandy'd, which is good. Yes. So tagline, of course, no body is safe. Ooh, Tasia shit. Voss in elite 
corporate assassin uses brain implant technology to take control of other people's bodies to terminate high-profile targets. As she sinks deeper into her latest assignment, Voss becomes trapped inside a mind that threatens to obliterate her. It's big if true. Big if true. Yeah, so that, very big. This is a nice little piece of uh, science fiction with some very uh, horrific elements to it. Uh, yeah, there's some pretty did, did grisly you, so, stuff. So, uh, did did you watch the uncut version of this? I think so. I'm pretty okay. sure. Good, yeah. good. I yeah. um, I bought this on uh, Blu-ray at the time, yeah, and because I think I like because I think the bullshit thing is the 4K version of this is not uncut. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the uncut one. But, because yeah, there is some um, some interesting violence that I was even like I was pretty caught up by a few times. We were like, okay. I see where you're going with this. And then it's like, I'm going to get a little bit further with that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get like my dad to Papa Cronenberg zone a little bit. And how was that? Very good. I enjoyed that a bit. Yeah. I, without getting into this movie too much, because I think people should just check it out if they haven't seen it. Yeah, it's pretty new still. It's only a year old. And I, it is. I mean, we've, that hasn't stopped us before, but I think this is actually a movie that people should watch kind of go in cold. Um, I agree. Yeah, it it does the psychedelic stuff really well because it just it, it fits perfectly with the subject matter. Uh, the the cover image of the poster I think probably throws everybody off if you don't know the context of it. Uh, with the, the, yeah. the, the, the Halloween mask, I guess you would call. I it mean, that. it does, but I mean that that's a it's a pretty good picture. Like that face is yeah. very attractive, very attractive. But, but it might unattract somebody that might be like, I don't want to watch that. Uh yeah. But I think it's to like, me, it's attractive. To you, but you're you're you. Cool. Yeah. Of some sort. Mm. No, I do know what you mean. Like uh, some people might see that and be like, I don't know what this is. Doesn't look like it's for me. It looks like shit. The shitter, mm-hmm. post shit, or you see. But yeah, I did not realize that Sean Bean made an appearance. Yeah. Uh yeah, just briefly, right? Very briefly, he plays yeah. a he plays an asshole. See, I can't remember. I watched this um oh, quite a while ago, so I, I don't totally remember uh, the Sean Bean. I just know he was there for a yeah. second. He's one of the targets. For like a second. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Yeah, Possessor was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, RJ, while my mm-hmm. back was all a mess, I watched yeah. Midnight Mass. Oh, so you did the dirty dive, hey? The yep. deep dive. I watched all seven episodes. <laughs> you did. You did. And uh, what uh, what did you think of uh, said show? Uh, a return to form for one ah. Mike Flanagan. Yes. Nice, nice. It. I mean, I, I liked it. I think I expressed that to you, but I, I don't think I got too into it because I knew knew you wanted to watch it too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now I have. And so you so you liked it. You're saying I did. Yes. A- and uh, uh, it's not without some flaws. Yes. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things where. So part of this, you had kind of alluded to me when you first watched this a couple weeks yeah. ago that. This was very reminiscent of a Stephen King book. Yes. And you but you didn't say what. And I mean there's a lot of Stephen King books and it could be a lot yes, of things. Is. When yes, I think is. when I think of Midnight Mass, I kept thinking it meant Midnight Massachusetts because there was a comic book oh. with that title. Yeah. Uh, 
ages ago. This has nothing to do with that. Uh, so, but because Letterbox is stupid, <laughs> there's all these people who throw oh. this movie on certain kinds of lists, which oh. are themselves spoilers. And I was like, okay, that's what this is about. Okay, that's whatever. Neither here nor there. I don't think it wrecks yeah. too too much. Uh, you you do you you get the you get that pretty early on, but still. Yes. Like I think it's like the second episode. You, I think you can piece together. You go, I know what this is. Well, the, the the next problem, of course, is as I'm watching the show along, I was kind of like, oh, I want to know more about the guy who's playing uh, Father Paul. Uh, yeah. Hamish Linklater, because when I was watching this, I was like, oh, it's like, who's this Nick Cave looking guy? And yeah. then I was like, huh, this guy to me would be would have been such a better Jesse Custer than the guy they got in the Preacher show. Yeah. But this guy's too old probably to play Jesse Custer because I don't think Jesse mm-hmm. Custer's supposed to be that old. But in my mind, he's always been like a, a Nick Cave looking man. Yeah, and Maybe this guy fits. Hank Lear's not it, that old. He's born in 76. But. This guy was uh, also in the new The Stand. Oh. So uh, we got a double dip of that guy. Oh, but yeah, he, he's going he's all. I he's like going, him. So he's getting. Uh, so um, my parents watched this before I did, and I mentioned to them that I'd seen mm-hmm. it. And they were like, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and, but. Somehow they thought this was a Stephen King story, which I thought, which is like Flanagan. totally makes sense. I'm like, that's, that's yeah. a guy who's uh, been living and breathing that Stephen King real hard. And now he's basically done. He's, he's out Kinged King because yes. I mean, this like fills a lot of the gaps. Like this is like a storm of the century. This is like a needful things, you know, this small kind of, uh, you know, um, like a mosaic of people uh, that all live in a small community. It feels very like Northeastern, mm-hmm. even though they don't actually say which coast it's on. I'm assuming Atlantic with all those fishermen, like all those crabs, but it could be, yeah. uh, could be West coast too, but I'm thinking East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I thought too. And uh, like you said, it's a uh, storm of the century. It's needful things. Salem's a lot, a little bit. But it's a mix of a lot of those things, right? A little, it's got a, a little bit of things. A little, little bit, bit of things. A little bit of things. But, yeah, so you start putting it together, and you're, you got these characters. You have a the, – the one thing that seemed really familiar from other sources, comics and stuff like that, was kind of like our – our main character, the mm-hmm. the Riley Flynn character, who you get introduced oh, yeah. with him, his uh, his drunk driving escapades, and mm-hmm. his victim, and you get the the visual stuff with her that yes. kind of haunts him. That's like feels like I've seen before, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like just kind of there. It's just a little detail of like, ugh, and the the glint of glass in the head wound and stuff like that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and just like the reflection yeah, of the light, yeah, and... because of like the the very like festive colors of like you know blue and red of a, and of, red. Of, 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 of a police lights, and you're just mm-hmm. like oh it's magical, but and mm-hmm. then of course the story gets going into uh, a community that's got this bit of a back history with an oil spill, and it's a shrinking community with a mm-hmm. uh, a dwindling uh, attendance at the at the old Catholic church. And then one yes. day, a, a, a new 
priest hip, shows up. Hip youth hip, pastor. Hip young pastor shows up, uh-huh. uh, covering for the old man who went on a pilgrimage, mm-hmm. and it kind of just goes from there in terms of what's going on as miracles occur. But as as the uh, synopsis on Letterboxd here says, uh, frightening omens. <laughs> like, what, RJ? What's one of the frightening omens? Uh, a girl um, who is paralyzed uh, can walk again. Well, that's not a frightening omen. That is a, that is a miraculous event. I'm thinking of the frightening omens like dead cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the, that's the most ridiculous thing of this whole thing to me is the cats stuff. Like uh, the first two episodes where it's all cat eyes. And you're just like, what's going on here? What's going on with all these cats? What's going on with all these cat eyes? Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. That's a the, that's the one part I was just like, what are you doing here, yeah. man? Yeah, we, we, we get a, a patented Stephen King church lady. Yes, we do. As as, yes, do. as our villain this evening. She's a ride or die. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how much to get into per se, but, uh, yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I, there's a part of me wants to give this the the, the quippy title review of Monologue Mass. Because yeah, holy, yeah. holy, people like to talk, particularly in that second last episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing is maybe don't like Google search stuff on this movie. Cause, I wouldn't. Or on the show because I did. Because I, I was looking up Father Paul because I wanted to look him up. Yeah. And in the Google images that popped up, uh, one of the scenes from one of the later episodes, uh, yeah. it's like pops up and you go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. And, I, I would but, avoid that. But I was like, that's cool. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, you you do you do see it soon enough, and I think you figure it out soon enough. Yeah. But like, uh, um, it is good to kind of just go in like going cold. And I think the way I described it originally it was a uh, it hits some of the beats you'd expect, but it also I there were some things that surprised me too. I was like, oh, I didn't think they'd do that. So, mm-hmm. so you know. yeah, there's a scene on a boat that is uh pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a good boat scene. That one is uh, the end of that episode you're talking about. It is. Yeah, that one is. Uh, that one's really, good. and that's what I mean. It was like, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting him to just go for it like there, mm-hmm. and where because that's only like three or four episodes in, and you go, oh, okay, all right, and you go, well, what are they gonna do next? I guess. <laughs> yeah. What What happens next? And you're what like, what happens next? And then it's like, well, damn. I guess that's what's gonna happen. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. I'm glad you liked it because I, I wasn't sure if you would or not. But because uh, it is that's a uh, some Catholic guilt alcoholism right there, baby. Wow. But uh, not that you don't that's, like that stuff. That's but one. That's like, one way of thinking about it. It's an aspect. It's no. an a- addiction is definitely an aspect of this show. Mm-hmm. Definitely an aspect. Definitely. Definitely. All right. All right. Shh, all right. Cool. Uh, well, that's it for my creeping. I think. Well, hey, we f- we finished up. We finished. We finally up. did well, it. Mostly, we skipped a couple of things here and there. That's yeah. okay. Nothing worth talking about, it's at the, least. It's the way of the road, you know. It's the way of the road. Uh, you know. So what I completely forgot to do last time we recorded that that very mm-hmm. week was what are the releases for Criterion in January? Oh, 
Okay. Hit him. <laughs> All right. So this is like, what, two weeks, three weeks late? So uh, at one point, Criterion announced that Jane Campion's The Piano is coming to the collection. Oh, wow. I love that one. You, remember, you love Jane Campion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big uh, big Australian, that one. Mm-hmm. How you about know. Garrett Bradley's Time? I wish I had more of it. How about The Beatles, A Hard Day's Night, coming to Blu-ray? Probably one of the best laser discs we've seen so far. Uh, we haven't seen that one. Probably one of the best we've seen. We've seen help, though. Oh, we've seen help. Hey, you that know, one was and uh, I mean, if you could watch this literally right now, Dick Johnson is dead. I might go turn it on right now. I, I might not even Kirsten come back. Johnson, yeah, you should do it. You've, yeah. you've seen that graphic on Netflix. Sure, sure. Who hasn't? And and RJ, maybe the one uh-huh. that I'm most uh, interested in is uh, Thomas Vinterberg's The Celebration from 1998. One of those early um, Dogma 95 movies that I haven't seen forever. And I don't know. I wonder how it holds up. But that's a, it's a pretty good little movie. Last time I Sounds saw Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds real good. It's got a pretty interesting uh, DVD cover. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But that's about it. Okay. I have no news. I need to use the washroom. Okay. Why don't you do the uh, fade out? Fine. I shall go take care of that. Okay. After the break. There he goes. He's running. He's running. Um, we're going to get a little handsy. And this is where RJ goes. Oh. Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Pickpocket from 1959, directed by Robert Bresson. The synopsis, RJ, from Letterboxd. Yes. Michelle takes up pickpocketing on a lark and is arrested soon after. His mother dies shortly after his release, and despite the objections of his only friend, Jacques, and his mother's neighbor, Jean... Uh, Michelle teams up with a couple of petty thieves in order to improve his craft. 
With a police inspector keeping an eye on him, Michelle also tries to get a straight job, but the temptation to steal is hard to resist. Damn. Is it that hard? It's, uh, it's not easy. It's addicting. I don't know, man. I'm not stealing right now. It's true, but have you started? Well, I don't really want to get into personal things with you. Okay. So this is our third Bracelet movie? Uh, Yeah, the first one was Armageddon, and the other one was right. Tanner 88. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah I don't know I have no idea if you say it's the third one it's probably the third well, one. Well we we watched the the donkey picture we've watched those uh country priests mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. dying of that stomach cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sometimes forget country priest was him as well even though I mean whenever I'm reminded of it I go oh yeah oh yeah oh, oh actually the one I for always forget about though is uh the first song that we watched which is like very much not like his movies at all is that Le Dame du Bois de la Boulogne. <laughs> Le Dame du Bois de Boulogne. Remember? That was a pretty good show. I mean, it was, it was better than I thought it would be. Yes. Uh, yeah. Better than you think. Is that? Best it, way to it is. It. It's, uh, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. So anyway, so this is number three um, of a man who directed a bunch of fairly well-regarded movies. And this, sure. perhaps the most well-regarded of them all. Allegedly. Allegedly. It's up there. I think the mo- the one that most people would go with these days would be A Man Escaped, which is uh, his P.O. That's the Vin Diesel one, right? Yeah. Triple uh, X, <laughs> A Man Escaped. Uh, what, what's that Vin Diesel one? A uh, Man on Fire or A Man Apart? Man on Fire is uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel. Maybe it's A Man Apart, which is Vin Diesel. No. It's probably based on the same short story. <laughs> a Man Apart. Yeah, Vin Diesel from about, F. Gary Gray. A, about a, a, fr- a French resistance fighter during World uh, War II, breaking well, out of prison. Well, I, I won't read their synopsis, but here's the tagline. Love changes a man. Revenge tears him apart. What? Revenge has never done anything like that, ever. So you can see why I connected those dots for you, bud. So, pickpocket. Yeah. Uh, my, my history with this movie is so I've I this is an early buy for me on DVD because yeah, on sense. a lot of the best films in the Criterion Collection, all these um, a lot of directors talk about this movie. Particularly one Paul Schrader, the the screenwriter of Taxi Driver, uh, and. Yeah, that guy. He's he he talks a lot about you know transcendental cinema, and uh, he talks about this Rob Bresson guy a little bit. He talks about Yashijiro Ozu, you know, mm-hmm. in that Carl Theodore Dreyer. He likes those guys. Yeah, likes I mean that shows. That shows. And I think Pickpocket is like the blueprint to a lot of Paul Schrader. Uh, yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah, he, he even has a fifteen-minute little interview. Uh, that is on the Criterion channel as well, and on that old DVD of mine. Um, just on the DVD, or in like all I'm, I'm sure I'm, whatever whatever Criterion versions there exist now. Maybe I don't know if this is on Blu-ray or not. Uh, I think you've so now that you've seen the poster 
that's mm-hmm. the criteria that, that is the criterion cover that uh, one it actually it's, is it's, it's like this yeah that's okay yeah that's the that's a spoiler right it is but also i have a little issue with that scene because some of the way that these guys are contorting their arms doesn't seem feasible through human kinesiology do you know what i mean well i mean if you you understand how elbows work it's fine it's kind of like uh you ever seen the empty man it's kind of the bone structure (laughs) of uh some something like that film okay like of a giant uh eldritch horror skeleton (laughs) That's how they're moving their limbs. And if you if you didn't notice, I would recommend watch it again so that you can see yeah. that that is how these men are moving. I, I don't need to because I I understand that people have elbows. Yeah, there's elbows. And there's, there's, and there's, and there's questions of close-ups and foreshortening that might be confusing you, when they're, especially when they're under clothing. Yes. Yeah, 100%. It's complex. It's a complex text. It's got layers, buddy. So... Pickpocket, a movie that sounded really interesting to me about a about a loner um, who takes it upon himself uh, to embark on crime uh, mm. and sort of, if I remember correctly, uh, for my first time watching it, I was like, this sounds like a fantastic movie. And I, at one point, would, would have put this on like, you know, best movies ever that I had seen at that point when I bought this on DVD you know, 2004, 2000, well, maybe later than that, 2005, 2006, when this movie came out on DVD, it was a very big deal because it was the best that this movie had ever looked. And uh, I heard so much about it. And then this Bray Song guy and Paul Schrader, who I was uh, still a fan of, even though his uh, later films have maybe left me cold, including that first reformed movie that everybody mm-hmm. loves, which is, you know, uh, uh, Diary of a Country Priest 2.0. Um, mm. And if you want to think about pickpocket, you've got Travis. You got Travis Bickle with that uh, taxi driver, which is pickpocket 2.0, maybe allegedly. Allegedly. So anyway, so this movie starts off with this Michelle guy um, gazing out behind those big eyes of his, and mm. he's uh, he's got a scheme. He's going to go on. He's going to he's going to pick some pockets. Uh, he's, he he's going to pick some purses and man, RJ, I don't know about you, but there was a, some, this felt very erotic the way that he was fingering at this woman's purse, this leather purse and like playing with this latch to lift it up and open it up without her knowing it, watching the horse races and slip his hand in and slip it out as she turns around and slip it away into his pocket and everyone turns away, and he got away with it. And we have a monologue, we have a, an inner dialogue describing how he was walking on air, how uh, uh, excited he was, and like he was getting this rush. But then there's these two men walking up behind him, and just as they reach him, it kind of crossfades to him riding in the back of a police car. He has been caught. Uh, mm-hmm. He's being smacked down by the law, who frowns for now upon a pick pocket a, a low life little thief how dare he steal someone's hard-earned money perhaps um but he goes to the police station and mm-hmm. they, they uh it's inconclusive they can't prove where this money came from i'm not sure if it's because if this woman reported that the money was stolen or if there's an assumption made or if they just picked him up randomly it's, it's hard to say the, the film doesn't 
bother with that. It's more about the experience of having done something wrong and then the police actually grabbing you, but then a failure to have a case. They have to give you the money back that you know you've stolen and you get to walk out of there free. Is that how the legal system works now? Uh, Some might say that. Oh, just in certain pockets of the world? Pockets, certain pockets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, we kind of get introduced to Michelle's room, which is a prominent setting of this film. He's often either he is out on the streets or in subway stations or subway cars, mm. picking pockets, or he is lingering in his very blank office, his room. That's just like, there's nothing, there's no art on the walls. There's a bed. Uh, there's the little like um, floorboard or a baseboard that he's removed where he kind of hides his little stash of stolen watches and wads of cash. Um, you know, he seems to eat out all his meals, maybe out of necessity. Mm. Well, I know, I know a lot of guys like that. You ever meet anyone who's never made a meal for themselves? I don't know. Like there's, there's a couple guys I know who are pretty close. Okay. <laughs> Pretty close. It's like, have you ever cooked? And it's like, no. Don't need well, to. I, well, I cook at McDonald's right there. <laughs> That's, That's right. Save myself some time. Yeah. No no dishes. <laughs> and they go, skip the dishes. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> we that. should get some royalties there. Right there. What a plug. Uber, mm-hmm. Uber Eats. <laughs> Uber Eats. Give us money. No. We'll, we'll talk about you all fucking episode if you want. Give. Uh, uh, so I don't know, RJ. Did you ever get any uh, Joker vibes watching this? Uh, there, by, I mean, by, there's by, some by, definite by, incel by, vibes. By, in here. I was gonna say, I'm like, oh my god, RJ is gonna be talking about incels <laughs> this week. So the reason why, because like, you okay, so it. obviously Joker is riffing yeah, real, real heavy on those taxi driver vibes, and this uh-huh. is a step back from that. But the reason why I thought Joker was this because of his mother. Uh, that you don't actually, oh, yeah. but you don't actually get an interaction of. You have a man who's avoiding seeing his mother. Um, she's dying, and he wants nothing to do with it. He refuses to see her. He's like, "Well, no, she, she doesn't want to see me. She's sleeping. She needs her rest." And he's like, "No, no, she she wants to see you." No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Um, but <sighs> she's she's too tired. Mm-hmm. She cannot to see me. That's, that's uh, the wrong, wrong country, RJ. Oh yeah, Perry, Arnie, yeah, Whoopi. Okay, I got uh, but so but his um. The, the, this uh, mother's neighbor, this Jean, she's kind of looking in after her, and she's like, "Well, you should go see her mom." Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's like, "No, no, 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 I'm not going to see her." That's the accent, right? That's ha- no, it's more haw he haw. You're doing it wrong. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. sorry. Yeah. You, you, you go ahead. Gotta keep you, gotta keep you straight here. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. I'm trying. Uh, so Michelle, he's got a buddy, Jacques. Mm-hmm. Curly haired guy. Um, mm, yep. They're glad about they're hanging out. There's some dates that go on because uh, Jacques is into the Jean girl, but Michelle, he's into he's 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 thinking about his like the, the next move for a, an aspiring thief. Um, they're, they're hanging out at bars. Uh, one of the inspector. Um, mustachioed inspector he he comes to this cafe where they're having these conversations and Michelle's like well I'm going to go over and talk to him mm-hmm. I, I, I want to have a debate with this cop 
and that's what people do hey and like even now people still do, still do that it's like i see a guy i'm gonna go debate him mm-hmm. he's going debate me bro and they go leave me alone <laughs> get away me. from me yeah they go to youtube comments and they want to have debates debate me bro and you go no and it's like my intellect is so big mm-hmm. that you can't even physically yeah. mentally prepare for this yeah you go, okay so yeah michelle is trying to posit an intellectual standpoint for which there is a uh a philosophical stance one could stand on to mm-hmm. justify being a thief if you're smart enough to be one yeah yeah, there's some there's some uh, yeah, there, there, some skill involved. There, there, there is some young man arrogance on display here. Yeah. 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 Which is just, just the way it is, I yeah. guess. I mean, like, I if, you're, if, you're, if you're if you're trying to convince the police that hey, I'm not guilty of, of being a pickpocket, I'm gonna come over and talk to you about about exactly that, justifying how it would be fine to be a thief if one were to be one. If. One word to yeah. be a thief. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you would do it. Right. I believe. So this, like, kind of leads into, like, we get these uh, sequences of uh, Michelle hitting the streets, and he's trying to work toward his craft. He he wants to get away with things, and he's, like, he's trying to get better. <laughs> he's trying. Yeah. He's not too bad. He's, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. Uh, eventually... Uh, his his efforts, his work, catch the eye of a, another uh, professional pickpocket um, who doesn't have a name, but he's played by a man named Kasagi, who is a actual professional sleight of hand artist. Uh, on the DVD, there's like a little TV special or like mm-hmm. a clip from a TV special he was on back in like the 60s of him just doing like sleight of hand tricks in front of a... Uh, a, a enraptured audience we're like oh my god look what he's doing with those coins <laughs> well i mean jared i don't know if you know but this is actually the inspiration for uh the irishman wow. uh like cover hands hands how, how how much of the screen time do you think is dedicated just strictly wait, to wait. hands? well you haven't seen anything yet until you've seen bresson's uh l'argent that it, is about hands that one's hand. That's more hands than pickpocket. Maybe, or just as much. I'm not gonna call you a liar, Jarrett, but I'm just gonna say I question. Well, it. I well, question. the the poster for it also hands. Also large, hands. Because large. Oh yeah, it's about it's two hands exchanging money. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, I see what you mean. and the banner on letterbox is a pair of hands holding up a dollar bill. Okay. That so Brisson just loved hands. Do you that, think that, that that became a, a motif? Of a motif film. or yeah. a fetish? Do you think I, people I talk do, about I don't Brisson's think hands the same way they talk about Tarantino's nah, feet? Nah, nah. That's no, they, they don't. Because there's something else going on. Because it's about ladies' feet, and he's rubbing them in people's faces, and you're like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> this well, is I, about these hands are like it's it's about it's about movement. And uh, there's a purpose to the hands as a point of exchange. They're relatable. They're things that we've watched and we've the seen. The hands are relatable? Yeah, yeah, you've watched people's hands before, right? You've, not, oh, I have. Not, you've washed your hands, right? Yeah. You've got to yeah. look. Sometimes you've got to look at your hands. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get it all. But you've watched other people's hands. It's just one of those things. We don't even know that we do. We watch people's faces. And that's something that 
he also does, but he also, so one of the things that uh, Bresson is kind of known for is he uses his non-professional actors often in his movies because he wants mm. these a particular uh, style to the performance where they're not actors. Uh, they're kind of blank, which I was watching um, this like six minute little clip of uh, these two uh, uh, interviewers talking to Bryce Long who were just grilling him because apparently pickpocket was uh, not doing well ticket sales wise because uh, mm. uh, I guess like uh, A Man Escaped was like a big success with audiences because it's you know more of a universal story of, of like you know a person he's a French resistance fighter trying to break out of a you know German prison because otherwise he's going to get shot so obviously there's like oh it's, there's a drama to it that people are rooting for it's a little bit heroic to jump out, get out of jail. This is about a man who is doing, who's stealing, and he's going to go to jail. It's kind of like, oh, and then he does go to jail. Spoilers. Uh, and you're like, that's like, people aren't about that. And then you have all these, um, the, the style of performance from his actors, which is what he demands, uh, or would want from his performers, of being like kind of like blank, which they're like, well, what, that's not how people act. And he's like, well, no, I actually, I think it, they do act this way, which when you think about it, is true. People don't like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe this is going on. Unless they're like a certain type of person. But most people, you don't know what's going on inside their head. They like, they you, they might just have like an expression of like, I can't read them. And they're, they're having a conversation. They might be masking what they're really thinking. And so you're getting these exchanges between two people who are fairly guarded, who don't want to overplay their hand, mm. which I think is more naturalistic. But in theater and something that Paul Schrader talks about uh, in his uh, interview kind of commentary on this movie uh, is sorry I just completely blanked out what, what is it <laughs> I don't know what is it I don't know <laughs> I can't remember I, I, I was going on the train and it got derailed I, uh, it, I mean it should come back to me though it should come back to me okay well maybe I can help you out say that last bit again let me see if I can fix it for you Beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, that's totally what it is. Absolutely. Definitely. You see where I'm going with this. It's 100%. Okay, so so what Schrader was talking about is the, the kind of movie that Bresson is making uh, is very counterintuitive to what movies are. Um, I think he says it's like film is not a very spiritual medium. Um, and if you want to convey quietude, which I think this movie does, um, film is not maybe the medium you should be doing, but here's Bresson anyway, portraying exactly that. These like very low key, somber movies, um, the film at its, its strengths are its ability to, you know, uh, evoke emotions, empathy, movement. Uh, these are all me paraphrasing Schrader, uh, psychological realism is its strong suit. And Pickpocket and the way Bresson's making this movie and his subsequent movies is at odds with those strengths. Oh, okay. I think I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. or what Schrader was saying. These are these, he, he, oh. So apparently he saw this movie in yeah. 1969, and he just wrote about it for two days afterwards. He's a he's a critic at mm. the time. He was yeah he was doing film criticism for a paper, and yeah he was like he watched this and it was just it stuck in his head. Because it's like, this isn't like anything else. This is so unique um, in the way it's talk. It's it's making the movie. Because 
he compares it to Sam Fuller's film, Pick Up at South Street, which is kind of also about like a pickpocket. But that movie is very like fist in your face, sticking it to the commies. Um, commies. There's dames. There's poor old ladies getting killed in their bedrooms. Uh, It's a, it's a, a very pulpy American movie. Very good, enjoyable movie in itself. Uh, Pickpocket takes the same subject matter and completely just drains out that sort of drama to it. But I will say, this is kind of jumping ahead, but he, I'll say, okay, getting back to that plot, when he meets the better pickpocket, there's a montage. There's a training montage here there's in this movie. There's a training montage. Uh, set to some music because there's no music really in this movie except for like key moments where it does come in. And it's kind of like him learning how to like be more graceful in how he op- he works his way around a jacket. Uh, there's no thing where I kept thinking in my mind, like what movie or TV show is it with the bells? Like you have to like practice with like bells on. That's gypsy code, buddy. Okay. I got to tell you, this is, this is actually crazy. Uh, well there, so the bell training, what you're actually thinking of is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. I was like, I was like, why am I thinking about bells? Yeah. And that, and that's where, and then the, cause they're trying to get uh, Kato into the foot clan and it's like right. you gotta do the bell ca- test and then they do the smoke bomb and then the nin- Raphael comes in gets every single bell gives them all to Kato uh, and um, he's like did I get him uh, did I do enough and it was just like yeah so this might be the first time and maybe last time or the beginning of talking about Ninja Turtles and Pocket I, I could I could relate Ninja Turtles, 1990 Ninja Turtles, to, to any, any Criterion, anything. Wages, criterion, uh, real life, whatter. Wages of matter. fear. Wages of fear. Well, do you know when Shredder goes into the garbage truck? Yeah. The weight of the situation is no, similar, not unlike. Not, but it's no, it's not. Uh, you give me more time with wages <laughs> okay, and fear, and okay. I can do it. You got a but, week. Uh, you got a week, my friend. <laughs> I can connect anything to Ninja Turtles, but I think that's exactly the scene you're thinking of. And I think his name is Cato, but maybe I'm just uh, <laughs> misplacing that. Perhaps. I think it's Cato. Or am I thinking of the comic book? Teenage Mutant. My goodness. Anyways. Uh, I'll look this up. Okay. So we get a montage of him getting better at thieving. And then we start getting these like kind of more complicated takes of him mm-hmm. trying to do it. Uh, he's also continuing to build these really – his mother dies, should be noted. Uh, off mm-hmm. Off camera, he goes to the funeral. Which, of course, like would maybe add to the uh, acceleration of his choices that he's going to be making. Uh, Jacques and Jean, they're like hitting it off. And he's like kind of practicing his his craft on the side. Uh, almost getting caught, getting more ambitious with these like ring tricks. Or, or uh, not ring, but the watch. How to get a wristwatch off of somebody who's standing right there walking by you. And how to pull it off. And like, oh, sorry. And do it effortlessly. So he's working. He's working little angles here and there. Uh, he continues. He's con- he's continuing these conversations with the uh, the inspector uh, over uh, this book written by George Barrington about like the was it the 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 art of pickpocketing. Uh, it's something like that. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it is, but it's something like that. Yeah, I think. I think so. But yeah, that, I know the, I remember the guy's name, but I can't remember the name of the book. And they're discussing it. And again, these conversations continue on about, I guess, whether this is like Boat Cannon caught, essentially. 
Uh, or not getting caught, or like doing, like doing these things at all and justifying them, and like yeah, being coy. It, it, it's he's trying to like play this, but the cops kind of like yeah, I don't know, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> like don't give me your don't give me the book. I don't need it. Yeah, I mean, what would you do? Would you take the help or would you turn it? down? Well, because it's not about that. Because what he's really doing is like, hey, while you're here talking to me, I'm going to send my uh, officers to go search your room because we are trying right. to arrest you it's like it's like heat it's like al pacino and robert like de niro heat. like heat. You, i had a real issue with this guy going into his room a lot too because so maybe he should I, maybe one of my notes here was doors being left open yeah all close your the fucking time. door that that was my thing he like goes in his room now he doesn't that, even close his door to access his little cubby hole and then he just like closes up and he walks out and he doesn't even close the door. It's like, what apartment do you live in that you're comfortable enough just leaving your door open? Like, I know he doesn't have any things, but it's like, you don't want someone just sleeping in there. Well, I mean, you know? he's like, fuck it. Because maybe, maybe this is part of the uh, the the psychosis, the, uh, the, the, the drive to want to be caught because he's leaving his door open. He wants to, uh, he, he wants to be stopped. Maybe. He, he might. Not unlike... Ernie Reyes Jr. in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, playing the character named Kino. Ah. So I said Kato, I really, think. You fucked up. I was close. I was close. So Kino is pretty, pretty close. <laughs> so uh, when he's all talking to the inspector, uh, uh-huh. he, he, he tells him about the story about his mother comes up. Uh, yeah. And it's about the... How does it go? There's yeah, his record of his mother's money stolen, reported it, but then char- drops charges were dropped, and mm-hmm. of course because she's like, oh, my son did it. So this impulse has been there for a while. Um, I mean, isn't that always the the case with these guys? Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we get one big score. Which, uh, yeah. which I would describe as Nolan-esque. Ah, oh, in, in which in which way? I don't know. Like it kind of came to mind. Like to me, I was like, man, you just, you just know that Christopher Nolan loves this scene a whole lot because it's like it's cool looking dudes in suits doing their job uh, at their best, and there's like it's in and out. And you're like, there's one guy's here. He takes this. He drops it to the other person, but that person's gonna drop it over that way because you never know who's watching. You gotta you gotta do it faster than anyone who might be watching you can observe, mm-hmm. and you gotta make sure that the other person doesn't know. So it's a, it's like a heist. All like going through the train station onto the trains, and yeah. it's got a real great rhythm to it. And it's all eventually it's like you can see it from far, and you get these close ups. And it's really sure. weird because so Paul Schrader says there's no close ops in this movie. And I'm like, yes, that, there is. That doesn't. That's complete bullshit. Half the movie is close up on hands. hands. I guess he was talking about people's faces more. But, oh, but I'm like semantics. Paul yeah. Schrader, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> so he's like kind of like pulling these heists, <laughs> and then he the, the heat's starting to come down on him a little bit though. Heat. The heat. Like, the heat. heat. The heat. Oh, okay. The big heat. Uh, mm. But he finally, he takes off. And he, there's this tension of like, is he going to get caught? Is he going to get stopped? He doesn't get stopped. And he goes on a bender uh, all across Europe, gambling, women. Who wouldn't? And, and, and he winds up back in Paris. What happens there? 
Um, well, he finds Jean, who has a baby with Jacques, but Jacques is no longer there. And now What's she's Jacques doing. Uh, he's he's fucked off. Fuck off. He's fucked off. Not a good dude. What's his deal? I don't know. Bad guy. Uh, Michelle's like, well, man, I set these guys up, and I feel really bad about this this woman who looked after my mother. Now she's got this little baby. Well, I better go. I better get a job. Don't want to be a thief anymore. But mm-mm-mm. one day, uh, an opportunity of like, oh, the horse track. There's this guy looking at a paper, and uh, <laughs> he, he's making. He, we're looking at the horse races. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll head down there and uh, playing the ponies. Play the ponies, and uh, and then of course he he loses, and he's like, well, bummed out. But he sees this guy with the paper again, and he's like, hey, look at this fat wad I got in my pocket. Look at that. Am I right? He's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And he sees an opportunity. And then we get to the movie poster. And we get this sly hand going up, making its way there. And he gets that money out. But then you see other hands appear. And then click of the handcuffs. And it's like, well, Michelle's getting his wish. To have more hands? We should have had more hands. He's like, sure. yeah. I got. I really, uh, really got greedy on that one. <laughs> Too good See, to be true, but he gave in, and so but but he's get he's getting to go to jail, J- just like uh, I'm sure uh, Bresson's uh, probably inspiration point of uh, Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment uh, with our criminal, mm-hmm. but but it gets a little truncated, and of course, well he's going to jail, but Jean will be there for him. Jean's going to be there. Well, she's with that baby, and there's some like head nuzzling through bars, and he's like, get out of here. Go on, get. Mm. I don't want you to be here. And it's like, well, no, you you just wait right there. It's like, no, you can come back. You just wait there. And then he's immediately taken out, like, by the cop. And you're like, uh, is she supposed to stand there? <laughs> but I, I'm just, I'm still surprised by uh, your, uh, your dog esque approach. Get. Go on. Go on, get. 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 Okay. I see what you mean. I see what you mean, Jer. So, you mean. uh, that's the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul Schrader uh, has described yeah. his film as an unmitigated masterpiece and, and as close to perfect as there can be. I just want to say um, for all the people out there who don't know, because like some people might not know Jarrett, but Paul Schrader is one of the he was the lead actor in the Mad About You TV show. So I just, just so people okay. don't know, that's that's Paul yeah. Schrader. Yeah. He was uh, the lead. I can't remember his name. It was like Greg or something like yeah. that. And, and his co-star uh, Helen Mirren. Uh, yeah, Helen Mirren's in there for a bit, and then she got she did get recast eventually, but uh, she was in there for the like the general thing. Curious. Um, Werner okay. Her- Werner Herzog also praised yeah. this film, calling it phenomenal, and it just makes me ache. So intense and so beautiful. It makes you ache. It's so beautiful. They sound like a bunch of cocks, these guys. And what's this, RJ? What's this? British-American filmmaker Christopher Nolan was influenced oh by Pickpocket, along with Bresson's other film, Manscaped, for his film Dunkirk. For Dunkirk? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I think that, I'm thinking the uh, following. Following, um, Inception. Yeah. I mean, definitely definitely following. 
yeah, <laughs> like uh, following for sure. But more than uh, I think Dunkirk, but maybe maybe someone will make a uh, point of it. Uh, like I mean, one of the so this like stream of movies that kind of like comes out of Bresson that I, I really like uh, a lot is there's the Dardenne brothers who I mm-hmm. don't think you've probably ever seen any of their movies. They're like really good. Like they are kind of Bresson ish, but they're very contemporary. Uh, mm. They're very w- watchable. Uh, they don't feel like a 1959 movie, like a Criterion 1959 French film. These are French films mm-hmm. as well, but they're just, they, they feel modern. So like they're a lot, more, I think, more easy for a, uh, an audience to maybe throw on and watch without like feeling like they're doing this for uh, film history purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which isn't to say that I think Pickpocket feels like that to me, because I, I don't actually. I think this movie, so it's 75 minutes long, so it's short, which is a blessing always. Uh, yeah, if every Criterion was 75 <laughs> minutes long, we could do this podcast for 50 years, Forever. but they're not. But, but they're not. And we won't. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so uh, the, the one thing too with this movie at times I was thinking about, and I was wondering, because in my, t- you know, at times I'm wondering, what's RJ going to think about pickpocket? <laughs> and I was like, you know, there's like definitely elements of this. Like there's like kind of this coldness to it that I'm like, you know, this kind of reminds me of Michael Haneke a little bit. And I, and we all know how RJ feels about things like funny games. And, uh, I don't, I don't know about the rest of, uh, his oeuvre, but like this, the Haneke verse, the Haneke verse. I haven't the, seen anything the, else the, other the, than the, funny the, games. The, the HCU. Uh, the- <laughs> Yeah, it's Haneke Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the other. There's a couple of his movies I want to see. Like, uh, what's that one? Is it called um, the old lady one? Amor? Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that one. But uh, funny. All I've seen is funny games, really, I think. And uh, not a fan. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Let me look up Haneke. Haneke. Funny games. But, okay, anyways, keep saying what you're saying. You were wondering why I... If I like it, and you were comparing it to Funny Games, eh? well, I was, I was thinking about Haneke a little bit. You're thinking the, the, about the, Haneke. Well, particularly his uh, Bresson's later movie, like L'Argent, feels very Haneke-ish. Like he has this elliptical mm. editing style where it's like you have short scenes, and then they just cut, and then you move to the next scene. Uh, like I think that movie's a big influence on him, and so I imagine he probably also uh, is liking that pickpocket as well. Um, probably just because it's like the it feels like the transition point for Bresson like as he's moving along he's like I'm, these are more of the movies like I would like to make is these very minimal uh, mm-hmm. suggestions of a story that are stripped down and about hands <laughs> and just hands I, and, I, and I for one am a fan I, uh, of I, hands? Of, of hands and pickpockets uh, mm-hmm. maybe not as a lifestyle choice but yeah this movie I think is very good um and uh it's been like again i've only seen it twice now but watching it again i don't i don't know if i would call it an unmitigated masterpiece but mm-hmm. I, I think uh it's definitely belonging of course in the criterion collection because yeah. why and why not um sure uh it's no it's no all hazard balthazar for me Mm-hmm. which I think is my favorite of his that I've seen, but this would be probably number two until I watch mm-hmm. more of his stuff, which I've only seen like five of. And that includes, well, we might have a ban on him too soon. Ooh. Just like Antonio. Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Uh-oh. kidding. Uh-oh. 
I'm just kidding. But I know. Okay, I I know you like the donkey. Uh, the donkey uh, show. The donkey. Pi- the donkey picture. Yeah, the donkey picture. I know you're a big fan of that bad boy, yeah. which is good. But is good. yeah, so I mean, that's kind of what I've got to say. RJ, what did you think of Pickpocket? Uh, well, I mean, the first thing which we've already addressed. Uh, I saw that hour fifteen, and I went. Whoo. Chef's kiss. I went. Whatever this is, I don't. I don't even fucking care. I said I'm on board with it because I can bang this out in in a sitting, easy. Which I know people are like, well, you can't watch movies in a sitting. It's like, well, if it's four hours long, no, mm-hmm. you can't. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw that and I was like, nice. Uh, and I I have actually heard of pick uh, pickpocket a bunch. I mean, it's just one of those. It's a title that's sticks out and a lot of people talk about it clearly as you have uh, pointed out so i was like okay i know about this pickpocket i mean i don't know a lot about it but i've heard of it and mm-hmm. all that uh so i threw this bad boy on and uh there were certain things that uh i liked uh at first i was kind of like ooh, it's like i like how slow and deliberate some of these scenes are and i went ooh, i like this focus on hands uh i was I mean, like I, uh, I mean you've been talking about it a lot like, i know it's, it's almost know. like you knew it was coming i, I know i so i i liked that quite a uh quite a bit and then um the only thing one of the things is uh i liked it short i was like say that again it it I, even though I liked those things, they just continued on and kept going. And I was like, ah, oh, well, even though this movie is kind of short, I was like, there's a uh, lot of hands in this. <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, slow, deliberate scenes in this. And I was like, which I like. But I was like, man, they're really going for it. Uh, and I was kind of watching it. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, there were there were several points i think that lost my interest where i was like this is going on too long and even though i liked those scenes especially early on i was like oh i like this it happened a little bit too frequently too frequently for me where i was just like it's like this is too drawn out this movie is only an hour and 15 minutes this is too much um so anyways uh i i haven't really said i like pickpocket but there are certain things about it that i was kind of like hmm it's like I don't know, I don't know about this pickpocket. Some of it's a little wonky, so I know I'm I'm probably gonna get a bunch of hate for that, but I don't give a shit. You come at me, you weirdos. Um, one of the things I didn't like uh, was the scene that I think actually people probably most like, and it's the one you talked about too, is uh, the really polished heist scene. I was kind of like, I don't get why there's so much theatrics to it. Like how like. Why, why does the wallet need to change hands like 19 times before they ditch it? Where it's like, I know they're trying to like move it down the line so they can get rid of it inconspicuously. But it almost seemed like too much for me where I was just like, it's like one dude's got the wallet in his shirt and then he gives it to another dude who's like in a hot air balloon who like passes a plane and gives it to another dude. And then it's like, like... I, must, I, I missed the uh, hot air balloon. Yeah, well, I mean, you would. You blink and you miss it. But... It's just like it passes so many hands. I was kind of like, it's like, why are they? I know they're doing it because it's a movie, and that's what you're here, <laughs> you're here to see. But I was like, I think they're overselling this a little bit. Uh, and not that it's like a bad thing, but that's kind of one of the things that I noticed. Where I was just like, I was like, I think they're doing too much here. 
a little too much. Even though it was flashy and it looked nice, uh, my mind was just like, my mind went to like, uh, like the steps to it, and I was like, I feel, I feel like there's too many steps involved. I feel like t- you could get, give it to one other guy, and he could have easily thrown it out the window, and you would have been done. But you know, oh well. Uh, I do like, I like the setup. I like that this movie is just about pickpocket guys and like this crew of thieves basically i like the training montages for uh or not even montages but like the training scenes for the for uh the pickpocket stuff i did like the drawn out scenes and like the deliberate scenes for a while and then i i i'm not gonna lie i kind of got bored of it after a little bit uh and i was like yeah i was like let's move on um but i liked all that stuff and i i can see why people uh really um as jared would say sometimes cream their jeans over some of this stuff i've mm-hmm. heard you say that before mm-hmm. uh, i can see that and it's like yeah i get it as like it's even though it's not doing that for me i i get why people like it um i thought it was good but uh i think the donkey show was better you know and unmitigated masterpiece i don't know i think that's a little strong <laughs> it's a good show but in, i in his opinion man in my my opinion, man, I think this is it's a good movie, but I don't think it's a it's nothing to write home about. I would I'm not gonna tell my dad to watch Pickpocket. I'll no. tell you that much. <laughs> How many movies do you tell your dad to watch? Uh, there's a couple I'll tell him to watch. He's he's a little too busy for movies, but there are some movies I know he'll like. Uh, he t- really t- likes t- TMNT too. Uh, I mean, he's a fan of that. I think uh. the last movie I've heard him talk about that he really liked, I think, was Django. Like Tarantino's Django, yeah. Uh, he's like, I really like that movie. Well, I was well, like, Well, it's a crowd pleaser. It's a crowd pleaser, yeah, yeah. But um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Pickpockets for me, it's fine. Um, there's stuff I really like in it, but there's some stuff I'm like, eh, I don't care for this. So I don't know. I know a lot of people really like this thing, and it's like that's cool. You like it if you want. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think I don't know. It's all, to me, it is okay, my man. All right, and where do you lean? More not unmitigated, not okay, but somewhere in the middle of that, potentially. Oh, but uh, between your middlingness or unmitigated masterpiece? Yeah, and, you're probably and, somewhere. And talking, in the middle. and talking about the aching, <laughs> the ache, yeah. the ache of it. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess, between those two positions. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like, I love the elegance of like the, the I don't know, it's just like it's pickpocket. It's like, well, how do you, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, it, yeah, it's pretty interesting because like to me, yeah. it feels like this is like a no brainer in terms of how would you depict pickpocketing in a movie? Yep. And we're going to hone in on that. And and they're going to show it. And you went, well, yeah, that's exactly in my mind how you would show it, which I think speaks to how influential this movie kind of is, despite the fact that it's kind of viewed as like kind of like uncinematic or like mm-hmm. depicting. But I think I think movies and like the, the people that this has influenced have definitely been drawn to how you could just tell a movie with like close ups of hands and build tension with mm-hmm. hands and like how they're going to like not getting caught. Um, mm-hmm. And like that moment of like, there is like a an erotic thrill that that guy's getting because he's because maybe he's a pervert. He's a little because he's yeah you know I don't know like when he's like when I was talking about that person when he opened it up at the beginning and the rest of it is just like 
he's uh he's slipping his hands up in people's coats and uh but it's all about like the reward of that money but she's not even seems to be spending he just like takes it and throws it into a hole in the wall mm. it's, it's, it, there's there's a thrill uh yeah to it. yeah but, no, but, he, but he also wants to be punished he wants to be caught and he's like going to a police officer and saying hello I'm a pickpocket, but am I? You don't know. You don't know about it. You can't find the proof because I put it. But I left the 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 baseboard open, and I left my room door open because. <laughs> and they know where I live because he wants to be caught. He wants and, to. Be caught. But the movie doesn't bring attention to that. But mm-hmm. I was just like, because there's a there's a real emphasis on like doors being left open, which is like a kind of a thing that if you don't want to be caught, you definitely not be doing that. It's like close your door. Close your door. Close your door. Otherwise, people are going to know your business. And you never see, like, anyone else in that apartment building that he's living in. Like, living in, it's just, like, empty. And it's just this barren space. Um, and like you see the streets. Like, the streets are filled with people. They're all conversing. And this guy's kind of uh, cut off, isolated. He's got his diary uh, that even, like, when he gets into the, the thrill of doing it, he forgets to start. He's, like, not even writing stuff anymore because there's the scene where like, mm-hmm. the, the inspector comes up and he just uh, brushes off the layer of dust. He's like, ah, oh, yes, you've been up here not going out at all, working in your book that you haven't touched for, you know, like, long enough for, like, a big, thick layer of dust to collect on it. Well, sometimes nice little, nice little things like that. I, yeah, I just think that so much of the aesthetics, maybe not of the entire movie itself, uh, have been worked out to make it more palatable and have been absorbed into a lot of other filmmaking. So this is kind mm. of like where a lot of that kind of comes from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and that's what I mean. Like I get it. Like I, um, I see the good parts of it and I can see why people are really into it. It's like, yeah, pretty cool it's got some nice stuff going here didn't quite really make it pop on my end pop you know the, what i pop, mean pop those hips yeah i didn't make it pop but uh i mean i see where the merit is it's just it is what it is for me at least but yeah pickpocket's got some cool stuff definitely it's got some okay stuff but it's got some cool stuff for sure mm-hmm. and well, you, you want to hear about who hates this movie I wonder who hates it. People who talk about the hands. Well, it sounded like Justin Peterson wasn't a fan. So yeah, he was definitely not a fan. Yeah. yeah. But let's see. We have Alan, half a star. Just wrote, "I should stop giving Bresson a chance." I mean, yeah, if you don't like it. I mean, this person, I don't know. Look, Mahjong was Cirque Rouge, Killing of a Chinese Bookie, Magnolia. Seems like they like movies similar to this one. Just not this one, mm-hmm. you know. Egg Eater sixty nine, half Egg a star. Eater. This movie is boring. It sucks. It's fucking shit. If there was a feeling that I felt, it was sleepiness and a constant awareness of the way I was sitting, made me almost fall asleep. Fuck the person who made me watch this, and fuck the idiot who made it. I mean, this person's a little unreliable, Jared. Yeah. They gave Rocket Man five stars. You know, Roma five stars, Run Will Run, Kung Fury five stars. Just like, I see what you're doing here, buddy. Yeah. They're, uh, well, I mean, I see what they're doing, buddy. Half star films include Tree of Life, Man on the Moon, Pickpocket, hmm. Zack Snyder's Walk. No, thank you. 
I'm assuming that was Watchmen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Watchmen. Uh, one more. Joseph Jones, half mm-hmm. a star. <clears throat> a, wood, a, a wooden cipher becomes addicted to a life of petty crime. Of all the greatest filmmakers of all time, writer-director Robert Bresson is emerging as my least favorite. His so-called minimalist style is stultifyingly boring, lacking rhythm and depending too much on telling rather than showing. He lacks any ability to direct the amateur players he casts, leaving them to stand still, reciting the bland dialogue without any emotion whatsoever, and he takes potentially intriguing ideas, such as updating Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment here, and creates a reductive, simplistic concept. The great irony is that this supposed spiritual artist creates movies that are pretty much torture to sit through. Hmm. This guy's a torture to me. Did you see what I did there? Hmm. Favorite films, Dr. Zhivago, Peyton Place, Once Upon a Time in the West, Titanic. Uh, But here's where it gets confusing. Half-star films, we got Pickpocket. Then we got Wolf of Wall Street, Melancholia, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Boys Don't Cry, The Grey, and Hannibal. Those are all their half-star films. I I can see The Grey and Hannibal, but like Boys Don't Cry and... Wolf of Wall Street and Melancholia. Are those half-star films, Jerry? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Just stick it in there. Stick, yeah. stick that knife in there. Let everybody know, hey, I hate this. I hate it. Hmm. Strange. Strange. <laughs> I mean, there's some pretty popular reviews. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was mentioning these. Um how much pocket would a pickpocket pick if a pickpocket could pick pocket? And alternate review: Michelle can pick my pockets all he wants. That's some letterbox thirsting right there. Excuse me. Excuse um, me. And then we got uh, Brendan O'Hare who wrote, "If this guy tried to pickpocket me, I'd kick his ass." <laughs> oh my god! That person didn't write that, did they? <laughs> they did. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, it's funny, RJ. Oh, my God. Actually, oh, I know this Brendan O'Hara guy. They write good movies. Hey, they like Tree of Life. Check that out. Check that out. Check that out. Would you kick their ass? A pickpocket? I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, it's it's this is the this is the curious thing, right? It's like he this is a movie from the the criminal's point of view. He's a. Uh, He's a he's a ba- he's a bad guy to the people who you know maybe they're relying on that money to like you know pay rent or buy food. So is he targeting people specifically on like wow they won't miss the money so much? Mm. Who can say? Who can say? Who knows? Now, maybe that's like their last couple bucks. This is like you know it's not like they're uh, stealing that wallet with that tap, <laughs> that tap on their debit. They're thinking that month that money they had to go to the bank to get that out. Maybe that's it. Um, I don't know, how, how well was the uh, the econ- economy of uh, 1959 France doing? You'd just be like, Rob, silly. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty good. It was mostly cream based. Was it robust? It was. It was a, a different word. It was girthy. Girthy. Yeah, that's a word similar to robust. No. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I hear that in corporate speak so much politicians i don't think they're talking about things being girthy say our business plan has girth mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he- room to grow. Girth and heft. Girth, heft, <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Volume. <laughs> Volume. In, yeah. In, intense. Very intense. We have a very intense plan with girth and volume. Well, I know. I I mean, I know. I know some do. Some do. Well, any final thoughts on this picked pocket? I mean, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's a good show. I don't love it as much as everyone else seems to, but, you know, it's it's just my opinion, man. Bruh. After the break, RJ's going to jail for his taste in movies. <laughs> hey, if they but don't worry, don't worry, your your Andrea will come, maybe with the cat even, and uh, both cats, and be like hey, holding him up to the to the uh, <laughs> the cell, and be like, oh, nuzzle, nuzzle the kitties. She's not gonna visit me, dude. <laughs> She's gonna move on. Yeah, she's gone, she's man. Out. Day she's out. She's out. You're gonna come back to a empty, yeah. empty bedroom with a cross on the wall, right Day- in your, right in your little diary. You even got a little diary. You got your little notebook. My little, my little pad. Your little, your, I say, your little observations. Dear, dear diary. Here's a time code. <laughs> I hate my life. Criterion ruined everything. The only mistake. Was meeting Jarrett Duncan. Yeah, I'm I'm the inspector. You shouldn't well, have, you, you shouldn't have mocked me. You shouldn't you shouldn't have been wanting to be caught. I don't think I don't see you more as the inspector. I see you more as um. Do you know Kino from Ninja Turtles? I I think I've heard of him. He's a pizza delivery guy. I see I see you more yeah. as that. Just a little bit. Yeah. That is. We're all foot soldiers at heart. Well, yeah, kind of. Lock your doors, people. Come on. to embark on a life of crime what crime would you master foot clan nice we got a facebook page we're on instagram we're on you're a shredder i (laughs) i'm a i'm a turtle (laughs) okay so i got i gotta i gotta hit this while it's relevant so when i was looking up kino yeah I, i i saw you know super shredder your buddy kevin nash yes and i i pulled up his imdb page and the first little bit is like uh, native Detroiter Kevin Nash, equal rights advocate, discovered love of comedy as the class clown in his elementary school. And to this day, he can find the humor in almost any situation. One day he could not find the humor was April 4th, 1968, 
as that was the day his father died of a heart attack <laughs> at work at 36 years of age. That is the opening to his bio on IMDb. <laughs> he says, so does he be? Uh, on IMDb, that's the opening. He One day not, he could not what, find humor. What, 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 a, tur- what a turn. That's the day the, the, the humor died. Could, could you imagine? You're like, I gotta write the bio for Big Sexy. Or what should we put in? It's like, mm-hmm. he's a class clown. But one day, the humor was when his dad died. His bio gets even crazier. I won't bring it up here, but like... Did we talk about his knees? Uh, there, I haven't gotten all the way through. This is like, this has got to be like a thousand word document on uh, on uh, Big Sexy. But uh, there's some wild stuff in here. Okay. Some wild stuff. So, are you changing your answer <laughs> to what? To be grow up to be Kevin Nash. I would love to grow up to be Kevin Nash. What, what of his personas do you think I would be? Like of his nicknames? Big Sexy. Big Sexy. I think you would be um, the Sex Executioner, or potential, uh, which oh. is what IMDb is what saying. Master Blaster. Is it Master Blaster? No. Giant Killer. No, there's got another. One. I can't remember. His one. So this is what IMDb says: Sex Executioner, Giant Killer, Big Daddy Cool, Diesel, Big Sexy, Vinny Vegas, Vinny Oz. Vegas, that, Oz, yeah, oh yeah, Oz is some good stuff. You you could be Oz, but uh, I like the Sex Executioner. Okay, well, um, you can write us at criterioncruise at gmail dot com and tell us <laughs> about your thoughts and prayers of Big Sexy. Mm-hmm. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube page. We have a Patreon. We've mm-hmm. got SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, blah, 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 blah. Next mm-hmm. week, RJ, we're, yeah. not, we're not through with France. Uh, Francois right. Truffaut's uh. Shoot, the piano player from 1960. French New Wave, baby. <sighs> you, you you like French uh, genre takes on uh, American tropes? Huh? You like that? No, no, you're, no. You, you maybe you're change your mind next week. No, I don't even know what this movie is, but I'm not interested. <sighs> well, I wonder. I wonder what happens to the piano player. Is he? Is he okay? Does he know how to play the piano, or is it like some kind of farce? Uh, tune in next week. What happens next week? The same as every week, RJ. Ow. Oh. Good night. Wait, is it shoot the piano player? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I found it. <laughs>